Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mail Fuzz TV. I am Peter. Look who's back. Yeah, yeah, I've returned. Mm. I mean, I wasn't supposed to miss last week. But you weren't. That's that's fair. That which is which is why we're getting two red hoods this month because you you were supposed to do the red hood last week. Yeah. So yeah. so. This week there's a red hood, and that is to make up for last month's lack of red hood, and then uh, you'll have another one later in the month, unless he skips yes. out again, like he did last time. The coward it's, it's he is. unlikely. <laughs> uh, so that's Connor, by the way, that I'm making fun of, in case this is the first time you're you're listening or watching. Uh, Matt's also here. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm a little under the weather. I got sinus pressure because it's that time of year. Yeah. Where yeah. Uh, my environment tries to kill me. I, I won't let it. I have to say, this is my favourite time of year for weather, actually. Cause it's, because all, all summer, like, it's too warm, and then this is the time of year where there's a nice breeze coming through the cracked open window, you know? It's just a nice, you can feel it. Yeah, it's it's cold, but it's not too cold. It's yes, just nice. Yes, yes. It's, you know, it's not dead of winter yet, where you're just freezing your ass off. It's yeah. just it's nice and neutral. But, yeah, so we talk about DC what, Comics. What's a winter? <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... You can dream of it, Matt. You'll just dream of it tonight. Dream of snow. Just okay. angelic. It's like frozen water from the sky, right? Does it snow? Is... Yeah. To, be, to be fair, like, I, I, for someone who's never seen snow for like, their whole life just because they've lived in a climate where it doesn't happen, yeah. is it quite an experience when you first get to actually be around no. snow? No, because it's, it's snowed here. It snowed here like 10 years ago. So... <laughs> Uh, and it shut down the city because nobody knows when <laughs> it's it stuff from the sky. And we have one snowplow like for the whole city. Uh, tends to cause problems. So, but but yeah, I don't do cold. I yeah. can deal with hot. I can't do cold. So so yeah, we talk about DC Comics, and coming up on this week's show, we have Batman: The Dawnbreaker number one. We have Green Arrow thirty two, which is the final and fourth part of the Gotham Resistance crossover tying into metal. We have Batman thirty two, which is the final of the Warren Jokes and Riddles. We have Superman thirty two, Green Lanterns thirty two, which is the end of Sam Humphrey's run. We have Nightwing thirty. We have Deathstroke twenty four. We and then we have Batman White Knight, which is the first part of the eight part uh, Elseworld by Sean Murphy. And then we also have. Red to the Outlaws number 10, uh, which Connor's making up for. So uh, so that's the books coming up. We also, this happens to be the weekend of New York Comic Con. So a bunch of news dropped over the last couple of days. So we've got a bit of news to talk through first. Some of it we'll talk about. Some of it I'll just sort of mention what it is, uh, just so we're not rabbiting on about the whole thing for a lot. Especially since I don't think a lot of us will have much to say about the Milestone stuff. But we will mention it. I'll tell you what they are and, you know, keep people informed. But otherwise, I remember it. Milestone. I, I really don't, <laughs> but I mean, you're older than me, so you... Well, I just I remember when uh, Dwayne McDuffie was writing Justice League, and he really tried to wedge all those Milestone characters in, mm. and it would have been cool if they had done like a Wildstorm thing, and just spun it off, you know how they have the Wildstorm right now? Yeah. And they've done like, just Milestone, which I think they're doing now, they kind of super odd. I think it's kind of like your animal, where it's like it's kind of in continuity, but it's not going to be like super tight. It's all yeah. line. So I think when I, when I was reading, it, it sounded like it was a separate Earth. Yeah, it that makes be, sense yeah. to do because like yeah. I love Static, but I don't need him with the Teen Titans. So you know? just just before I start this news, I will mention there is Doomsday Clock stuff in here, uh, which was revealed at the panel. There was some pretty meaty things which you may want to avoid. So what I'm going to do. 
for people who want to avoid those story details is I'm going to put that at the end of the news section and that way if you want to skip to the timestamp for the first because we always timestamp all the issue reviews in the in the description so if you want to skip to just the books once we've got through the rest of the news I'll warn you before we're about to do Doomsday Clock and if you want to skip those details because they put the first six pages of the first issue out and it's too big not to talk about but if you want to skip it you've got the option we won't mention it for the rest of the show after that so you're not uh, so if you want to avoid it I'd understand in this case so in fact, Matt, Matt's claiming he's going to take his headphones out so he doesn't hear it. But I think it would be quite valuable to the audience to get Matt's live reaction to hearing these details because they're pretty meaty. Uh, I hate you so much. <laughs> he knows he's not going to get all the way to the issue without seeing the spoilers. It's two anyway. months. Yeah, he's got two, two months almost. See, I thought that. And then I have Connor and as a friend and as people that converse, now I'm afraid he's just going to drop it on me <laughs> out of nowhere. So I'm weighing my options right now. <laughs> Ginger Menace? Jeez. I'll tell you this, Matt. If you make the choice to listen to it, you will feel much better about hearing it than if Connor just drops it on you later like a dick. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are giving me the illusion of choice. I understand this. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. All right, <sighs> so let's start working through this news. First thing first, uh, basically they started talking about Action Comics issue 1000, which is coming in March. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, also, I didn't realise this, but apparently next year is also Superman's 80th birth- birthday. So, yeah. two big milestones happening in the same year. So, the first details of Action Comics 1000, they did not mention page count, although, I mean, it's clearly going to be at least annual sized. If not, you know, a bit more than that. But uh, it's still going to be a thousand pages. No, although... <laughs> He didn't crack that joke, but uh, who was it that cracked the joke? I think it was Levitz. Who, well, not Levitz. Levitz has been gone for a while. $8 <laughs> omnibus of an issue. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Oh, no, it was Levitz. Levitz is a guest editor. He's back to edit this. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I knew I wasn't times. imagining that. <laughs> My childhood. Uh, no, because I said Levitz. I'm like, no, it can't be Levitz. He's been gone for ages. But no, he's, he's back to edit this. He's a guest editor. Anyway, so he, he joked that it's going to have a thousand variants, but uh, that's not quite as bad as our thousand page Let's- joke, but... Let's chill. It's not Marvel. <laughs> I, I know for the for the 80th, they're releasing like a big, you know, like celebratory book that they do, it's and it's going to have yeah. like every every action comics cover. Yeah, which is a thousand pages in of itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, well, you can do like four on a page if it's a little bit of an oversize. So you know, it might just be two hundred fifty uh, pages. True, true. They might do that, but I, th- I think just for the just just for the image, here's the Action Comics one thousand like celebratory just, hardcover. Just, just for shits and giggles. It's a phone book. <laughs> <laughs> it's a murder weapon, is what but it to is. To our younger viewers and listeners, a phone book is this big thing <laughs> of paper where you used to have to go look up phone numbers because yeah, the internet didn't exist. It, it's the sort of thing that you can use to like kill a horse. Just. Also, you could beat people with it, and for some reason, it doesn't leave marks. Well, that's what I've heard in movies. I've only tried it once, and it left a mark. So, <laughs> I just I like the car jump straight to horse. I I went with maybe hamster first. Well, well that, you can kill a hamster with a regular book. It's not impressive. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's, that's, that's true. You can't kill a hamster with a regular book. Now, now I want evidence of this horse killing. Though I want Connor. I want a video of Connor whacking a horse to death with a phone book. Oh, that Connor's the animal homicide specialist. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so the details we got on this uh, is that the main story is going to be co-written by Dan Jurgens and Peter Tomasi. So we've got both current Superman writers uh, working together on the main story, which presumably will be the one that's in continuity. I mean, they may all be in continuity, but that one definitely will be. The the one that's relevant. 
Yeah, and then there's going to be some backups. They didn't tell us who all the backups are going to be by, but the main one they told us about is it's going to be co-written by Jeff Johns and Richard Donner, which is pretty cool. I'm down for this. For the young folk, Richard Donner directed the Superman movie. Yeah, the original one. one. Also, also Jeff Johns was his assistant, and that's how he got his way into DC. That's right. So, and they co-wrote stuff together, uh, some action comics issues. Last son, ten years ago, give or take now. Yeah, and that was basically a continuation of Donner's Superman story from Superman mm-hmm. 2. And that posited what if um, Zod had a kid? And what if that kid made its way from the Phantom Zone here and Superman raised him? Which is interesting considering what we've gotten in Action Comics a couple stories back with the Zod family. Yeah, it almost know. sounds like, given where it is right now, they could right. do a weird kind of new take on those same ideas, which is yep. yeah. kind of fun. Uh, so so we got that and they also mentioned it's going to have a, a, a story that's been kind of like lost in the, the vault from the 1940s that they believe to be by Jerry and Joe Schuster or Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster which is a and I think the interesting phrasing there is they believe and the reason why they say that is because they were known to use ghostwriters around that time so there's a chance yeah. that it's not actually their story but their names are on it so yeah. well, it's cool see, all the from my understanding it was, it was reversed like they would write other things mm. because they were under contract to, to DC. So, you know, uh, but the last time I fell for something like this, it was the century. Like it was this lost, you know, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby creation from the sixties. And it was all just a hoax. I mm. mean, but I mean, if this is a lost story, cool. Uh, I'm a little bit more dubious. Uh, what makes me think though, is it's just assume it's not completely legit. It's like, well, why was it not published? Is it just because it was the yeah. bad one? Is it because it was really weak? Yeah. And now it's just got the novelty of being the or, one that wasn't published. Or what if they just, what if they just tell the first Superman story, the the Superman that they didn't run with? You know what I mean? Like that'd be cool. Hmm. So yeah. yeah, so that's the action comics one thousand details. So that's pretty cool, big thing. Uh, this next thing is actually quite big, but it's so far in the future that there was almost no details for it. But they announced that they're relaunching Vertigo next August. Cool. Uh, that was it. It was just where the Vertigo imprint is completely relaunching uh, next August. Full new line, uh, new executive editor Mark Doyle. It's going. To, this is also the twenty fifth anniversary, which is why they're sort of you know timing it with. Uh, but there's no other details. So, but obviously worth mentioning. But yeah, yeah, I'd be interested to see what what sort of books they launch it with. Especially since we have Young Animal, we're going to have Milestone. We're going to have these. Not they're yeah. not called Dark Matter anymore, but like. And, and obviously, Vertigo is is kind of the closest thing that they have to a rival to the image stuff. So it'd be interesting okay. to see what sort of if they're still aiming for that sort of thing, or if they you know lean into the horror things that it's kind of got that it's... known for it. I, th- I, th- I think they, I think go they go with the original out of continuity stuff and do kind of do the image style of books because. Anything else at this point? Because yeah, obviously we had times where Vertigo was kind of in continuity, and like you know, because obviously we, 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 we took Swamp Thing and like Constantine from Vertigo, but I feel like now that we have all these other imprints that are in continuity, Vertigo should be the one that's no, this is just yeah. original. Right, right. But do they stories? Do they let them use DC characters and do stories there, or oh, yeah, do know. they go directly so. to rival Image? And if because otherwise, what what draw have they got to say come to Vertigo and not Image with your creation? Um. That's a good question. I don't have an answer to it. Well, because uh, yeah, I mean that's Williamson took uh, a creator owned. He did that. Was it Frostbite? Mm. From that easily could have been Image, and it published it through Vertigo because of his DC contract. So I don't, I don't know. But like Capullo said, he's working on the Swamp thing in the future after Metal. So it makes me kind of wonder. 
You yeah. think it's gonna be it's a vertical mm, swap thing? Well, that's a good point actually, because since Rebirth started, there's not actually been. I mean, there's swamp things popped up in books, but there's not been a swamp thing book, yeah. and I wonder if the actual swamp thing book that we get may actually be a vertical book now. Yeah. If that's what we yeah. touched on that continuity with the older Constantine, and here we can have the the main Earth Zero Constantine interact with Superman and Batman, but then you can have the you know yeah because they, they they did this thing where. You know, when they finished Hellblazer and they moved Constantine into what I think it was during the New Fifty Two, it was like yeah, it was it was one or the other. But why not have both? Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> whatever. Comics you know? still lots of wacky things. So if, so if they're gonna do that and then also mix it in with creator own, that'd be that could be cool. Because I mean, Milestone too. Sure, you're playing with Dwayne McDuffie's characters, but you could make that creator owned as well. And to come from DC, which was in the New Fifty Two, so editorially driven and everything has to fit into a box to now that they're basically creating imprints for people like young animal yeah. even the wild storm is kind of warren ellis's little sandbox which i actually so, i mean as much as i've still only read one i sure that i do fully intend uh, to go back and read that main wild storm yeah, series because i like that first issue yeah. uh, but no i think it's good i think i think it gives all these niche books a chance and i think having it under the dc umbrella maybe gives it a bit of a spotlight that you know but not I mean I mean just got enough big of enough of a brand itself now to not need that like, to be on par well, with that. But and there's there's imprints within Image as well because you have like Skybound, yeah, which, yeah you know true. it's Kirkman's and you know but then you have like uh, Brubaker and and his stuff is all by itself you know like Criminal. Yeah, I was thinking out, like killed, yeah. killed. compared to all the, the smaller publishers that you you yeah. know like you're. I, I feel that's kind of the way to go though. It's kind of like when. Like we we bemoan it in the movie industry how they kind of bought up all the smaller studios and just made them imprints of mm. of the bigger studios. It's kind of like what comics are doing, but I think it helps with comics because like people are saying, you could put a spotlight on these smaller books because of the association. I mean, that's how I found Birthright, which is Williamson's image book, through Skybound, because you know it was it had this spotlight put on it that. I mean, had, had that. We're, we're talking about what's the appeal for writers or you know creators to go to Vertical Raw and say mm-hmm. image, but maybe the appeal is that two things. One, it'll be writers who are exclusive to DC have a place mm-hmm. to do some non-superhero stuff. Like they'll say, oh, like we'll get you do something over here as well to keep your creativity going. That's the thing. They usually can't like usually the exclusive contracts are only to, uh, specifically not Marvel. They just still do images as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they do, but I'm just wondering if this is like an extra thing where they can say, look, you're with us, here's a here's an imprint, we're, and maybe they are going to give them more freedom with it, maybe Ooh. they're going to give them more benefits yeah. with it. But then the other thing yeah. I think might be a thing here is DC have their their, uh, their writers' workshop and they, they develop new yeah. creators, and I wonder if Vertigo's another neat way of saying, here's a place for them to play before we let them the other, you know, before they give them the keys sense. to the the big characters, yeah. here's well, a place where they can do their own thing and develop as writers and artists. They're just thinking like Lemire and his exclusives, right? It kind of put a damper on his creator owned, and then we get Black Hammer through through Dark Horse. Like, imagine if he was still exclusive with DC, and he was able to still do his DC work, but also do Black Hammer through Vertigo. Yeah, that, you know, that, that, that always that. struck me as a Vertigo style story. So yeah, it does feel like it could be in Vertigo, doesn't it? yeah you know so whatever it is it's cool i like the the more type of brands and because again the new 52 among its many faults everything was so streamlined and everything felt the same and now if you want to branch off and tell different stories you can and you're not pigeonholing people but you know to now, certain things speaking of lines and imprints uh dark matter is something that was announced a while ago and we, we know about all these books that are coming out of it um now it's been renamed actually it's not called dark matter anymore 
Mm-hmm. What's it, it called? It's called The New Age of DC Heroes. Which I think is them saying this is not an imprint, this is still all in continuity of superhero stuff. It's just, uh, you know, this new wave of books. That's good. Are coming. Yeah. So along with that announcement, they announced two new books that are coming as part of the line. So obviously we have okay. all the ones we had before. We now have The Curse of Brimstone, which is written by Justin Jordan and art by Philip Tan. Uh, it's going to start Ooh. in February 2018. Um, and Dan Didio called it Our Horror Book. It makes know. sense from Justin yeah. Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, there's no official synopsis here, but I'll give you what they sort of said at the, the, the panel. We see a character from a cold town and watch it die. What about the rest of the country? What happens when those places are ignored? We always see about Gotham Metropolis, said Jordan. Uh, he gains the ability to turn into a character who has the ability to return to the town to its original stature if he takes a mysterious man's deal and become his agent. So that's very kind of vague, and obviously because it's not a, a properly written paragraph, it's, it's kind of stilted. Yeah, it, yeah, it's Lovecraftian and like Stephen King-esque, yeah. so it's weird to mesh superheroes in there, but I'm open to seeing what that's about. I like Justin Jordan. Yeah, I like horror yeah. stuff. Uh, and then the other yeah. book is called The Unexpected. Uh, it's written by Steve Orlando. Art by Ryan Sook. It's uh, described as a mystery book. It's a team of enemies that hate each other only slightly less than the world around them. It's Dark Tower meets Seven Samurai, said Orlando. Uh, they get a chance to right the wrongs in their lives. So Again, no official description, but that's what See, it said. See, everything in that sounds great, but I don't trust Orlando on team books anymore. Af- it Af- sounds Af- like a Suicide Squad premise. Mm. Why? I- okay. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I, I mean, I like that description. I'd be willing to give that a chance. Admittedly, yes, after JLA, I'm not necessarily assuming he's going to nail that. But then again, if it's, if it's the own original characters... Maybe. Maybe that yeah. goes better than fitting all these superheroes into a book. It's true. Um, uh, speaking of the New Age of Heroes stuff, uh, the Terrifics... Uh, there was a new bit of art for the Terrifics. So it looks quite cool. Uh, they also mentioned that it, Tom Strong and his family are actually going to be appearing in the book. So, oh man, Matt did not hear about this before because his reaction was genuine. Because again, steering clear of news, so I can be surprised for things. So Uh, there you go. Yeah, that was it. (laughs) That's the whole thing. Uh, Tom Strong, great, great pulp style character. That was the Alan Moore one, right? Yes, Alan Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm hyped. Uh, Uh, This might be my favorite book. The other, the, other, the other tidbit, uh, this is a small thing, but uh, in January they're dropping the Rebirth banner on the covers. They're just yeah. going back to a traditional corner box uh, style. Ah, I'm so excited yeah. for that. Isn't, isn't there one of them that Morrison's co-writing as well now? Uh, yeah, I did read that. I never noted that down. Which one was it? Uh, I'm just looking now. Yeah. Uh, he'll co-write some issues of Sideways with Didio and Justin Jordan. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it was, it was, I remember it, with, it was Didio who was uh, on the book originally. <laughs> yeah, could you? I can't imagine two people on the writer spectrum further apart than Grant Morrison and Dan Didio. <laughs> I really can't. Do they cancel each other out, or does it end up this weird concoction of extremes? Who knows? <sighs> yeah, who knows? But we'll find out. <laughs> uh, so that's that. So the milestone stuff. They basically said, okay, we're re- we're doing our milestone line. It's all coming back. Uh, we have uh, Reginald Hudlin, who's like writing half of the goddamn books, along yeah. with these uh, other people. Uh, but uh, it's a complete refresh. You don't have to have any previous knowledge, so you can go in fresh if you want to. Uh, two ongoing books were announced, as well as an ongoing anthology, and two minis were announced. Uh, so here's the books that are coming from it. Milestone, uh, number one, which is written by Hudlin and Cowan, with art by Ken Lashley. 
uh, it'll be like the overarching story. This is kind of like the uh, almost like the, the main Wildstorm book for Milestone, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And I'll use uh, Icon and Rocket. And I'm not familiar with these characters, but the, the, the... Icon's their Superman character. But okay, he's African American, cool. and he kind of he I think he's an alien. Don't quote me on that. But like he landed during the slave era, and so he's kind of seen the worst humanity has to offer. Yet still decides to be a hero. So he's right. a pretty cool character. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the next one, Static Shock, which uh, makes sense again from the same writers of them, the artist Caleb Baker, uh, focuses on fourteen-year-old uh, Virgil Hawkins, described as a kid with a love of comics and science who develops dazzling electric superpowers. Yeah, pretty simple. Uh, the miniseries, the first one is called Love uh, by, uh, oh sorry, Love Army, sorry, uh, by Hudlin again. So he's writing a lot of these books. Uh, and then that's uh, a twisted story of a couple sharing one body for an eternity. Uh, and then the second one's called Duo, which is by Greg Pak. Uh, oh, sorry, that, that was what Duo was. They, they put the descriptions that all the way around for some reason. Ooh. Uh, so Duo's the, the two people sharing a body. Love Army is about a secret army of women uh, with amazing abilities and super strength sworn to protect the planet. So those two are minis. Uh, they didn't mention how many issues, I don't think, but I'd, I'd guess six. Nice uh, to see Pack back over at DC. It is. That is yep. the one thing that stuck out to me in this whole thing, is that Greg oh. Pack's doing a DC book. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the anthology title's called Earth M, and uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, the first arc is written by Hudlin, but it'll uh, go through different writers and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's about, I mean, the first arc is about a mysterious new vigilante character. So, there you go. Cool. That, so, two minis, two ongoing books, and then another ongoing book, which is an anthology book. So, uh, now, I have no connection to any of this stuff, but, I mean, it's, it's all cool. No, Static Shock's the only one I've even you know, really read anything with. Yeah. So, no. Uh, here's a weird little tidbit they added on to things. Uh, so, there's going to be a Dark Knight's Metal soundtrack. Yes. Good. Yes. <laughs> They've got a composer yeah. doing music for it. It's, it's kind of insane. Like, when was the last time a comic book arc got a... <laughs> God, God, oh man, soundtrack. this sounds amazing. I thought it was just going to be like a, a Spotify playlist soundtrack when you said that, but oh no 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 no, the um, composer. Where's the name? Tyler Bates, who's done. Oh, I like Tyler Bates a lot. Yeah, he did. He did music for Watchmen, Three Hundred, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he's also the lead guitarist for uh, Marlon Manson. So you know he's this is a, a very mind, good there's, there's a wrestler named Tyler Bate, and that's where I went right to. And I was like, why is he doing music? <laughs> Not the same guy, Matt. <laughs> Not the same guy. Yeah, just I to know. be clear. Uh, share the same headspace. I have nothing to add. That's, that's it. But I just thought it's a weird. It's, it's, it's cool as shit. Yeah, there you go. Uh, now, a quick thing: if there's a flash art coming next year called uh, Flash War, which puts the original Wally against Barry, it starts in the Flash Annual, which is coming at the end of January. So, uh, sounds cool. I'm excited to see yeah. what that does. They, 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 I hope there's a good reason for it. Oh, I'm sure there will be. The, the cover image for the annual, which they put out, is a uh, really nice. Oh. Hmm. It's Wally holding yeah. like both the Kid Flash and the Flash suit. It looks really cool. Uh, oh, nice. So that brings an end to all the news that's not Doomsday Clock. So for anyone who wants to not hear these Doomsday Clock details, uh, now's the time to skip ahead uh, to the first book review. Matt, I, I noticed you're keeping your headphones in here. You, you, you're curious. Just on me. I'm not going to. He's resigned to his fate. Okay, so they put the first six pages out at the, the panel at New York Comic Con, and they released them online. I didn't read the pages themselves, but I read the details... Uh, I, I looked at the pages. They're uncolored and unlettered. Right. Okay. So then they're not finished pages yet. Well, that's fair. Uh, so this is more of a direct sequel to Watchmen than I think anyone was predicting. Uh, we actually have scenes in the Watchmen universe 
which take place after the original story. Uh, they take place in 1992, and it seems that Rorschach's journal did get out, and everyone now wants to find Ozymandias. He is the most wanted man on the planet. Uh, the US and Russia are on the brink of nuclear war. Tensions are as high as they've ever been. And <laughs> so 92, not 2017, right? Yeah, just yeah. Okay. Watchman Universe. And the big bombshell at the end of these six pages is that Rorschach is alive. What? <laughs> or at the very least, it's it's someone dressed as Rorschach. Oh, sure. Yes, okay. That's, that's, that's a fair point. This... I have a feeling they're going to swerve it later on and we'll find out that it's someone else wearing the mask. But at the very least... It could be yeah. Night Owl. It could be Night Owl, yeah. The, the, the fact that Rorschach's supposed to be the question and the whole point of the question is to pass on, like the whole Vic Sage, mm. yeah. it better be passed on because that dude got exploded. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping so as well. I feel like it might feel a little bit cheap if he's just back. Yeah, because he was a man of black and white and he did not want to live in that world. Where where Adrian Veet could get along, get, get away with what he did, even yeah, well, if it was for th- a good cause. I think it just makes sense, like the idea that because because Night Owl witnesses what happened to him, the idea that he was inspired and continued the mantle because of what he saw makes and, a lot of sense. Yeah. Alternatively, I, I, I suggest Night Owl because of you know that there. But if the diary got out and everyone's read this, it mm. could have been it could anybody, be anybody. Who, who got inspired. It'll be it someone we know though, probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just spoil, not spoil, but uh, just reveal this now. Uh, meet me and Connor for the monthly episode next month for November. Before this c- comes out, we're going to do Watchmen for next month's book. Yeah, is he going to do the supplemental materials too? Probably not. Or like, uh, <laughs> okay, not, no Black Freighter, no, well, you know, Diary of Rorschach, like... Black, Black, well, Black Freighter is technically part of the main book, so I guess we would be doing that. Yeah. Although that part's a bit more of a chore to get through, if I'm honest. Just from memory, from when I, when I first yeah. read it. I remember yes. not particularly enjoying those parts of it, even though I loved the rest of it. But yeah, but yeah. So uh, no, uh, big stuff. Uh, honestly, there's nothing about what I, I've I mean, as much as I wasn't expecting full-on Watchmen sequel stuff in here. Um, nothing about it actually bothers me on a conceptual level. Like all of it sounds quite good. No, like yeah. I said, if it is just Rorschach back, I will be a bit disappointed because it's a bit. It kind of undermines well, that moment. But here's the thing, though: like we probably won't find out until like issue ten of the series. Like, uh, man, yeah. I just I'm getting tired of the, the the Manhattan shenanigans right now. And if there's there's gonna be predicated on more Manhattan shenanigans, I'd be a little bit upset. There's going to be Manhattan shenanigans, Matt. I know. I'm talking about Rorschach. Like, okay. if he didn't explode him, he just moved him to a different, you know. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm that, like, that, oh. that feels like a retcon at that point. Yeah, well, when that's what John's famous for, right? Yeah. Mm. Jeff Kahn's. I know. mean, it, it wouldn't ruin the whole thing for me if Rorschach is just back, but uh, my, my, no, money, but... my money right now would be that it's someone else wearing the outfit. Yeah. Yeah. I know there are people saying, oh, it can't be because John's was talking about, you know, getting Rorschach's voice right. And I'm hoping that he just, he was referring to, you know, Diary entries, things like that, that, yeah. that come out. That well, we'll get some and of it's that. also it's also like in, in another more work, V for Vendetta, that that V was meant to be a character that can be passed on. So that voice of that character, you know, while while it could be a different character assuming the mantle, you still want it to sound the same. You know, yeah. Just just so think that, about yeah. when Dick became Batman, he had to practice yeah. his Batman voice, so he, he sounded like yeah. Batman. 
So uh, even though but, it's someone else but, wearing the mask, like it could still be yeah. the voice, just Rorschach could still need to be accurate. So yeah, yeah, and that that's it. I mean, especially it's, if, if it's part of the image, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna get to. Man, that's not what at all what I thought it was gonna be. So well, I don't think I mean I don't know how much of it's going to take place in this Watchmen universe. Certainly, this feels like it might be like what would we like keep a prologue? Doesn't yeah, it? will we keep either will we just start there and then it'll come into our DC universe, or will it be swap, swapping between them? For the I just thing. want to know how upset be. Alan Moore's beard is. Oh, he's screaming into the night. He's he's on the top of a mountain somewhere, just screaming, and his beard is just expanding he's, he's, he's exponentially. Doing, he's doing some sort of ritual to try and stop it as we speak. Well, he's he was already mad at Johns for messing with the the Blackest Night prophecy from that from the Tiger story in Green Lantern. <laughs> so, and he was he was always taking shots at him. He's like, oh, well, you can't create your own stuff, so you take little tidbits. Of what I did and expand on it, and it was kind of like, well, that's what Grant Morrison does. He leaves breadcrumbs so others can play yeah. with it. Yeah, so that, I mean, but, I think at this point, like, I feel like DC have just accepted they're never going to be in his good books anymore, so they just don't yeah. worry yeah, about it. And, and you say that, but don't forget, Moore and Morrison hate each other as well. Yeah. So, mm. what just... if they're doing? So wait, what if he's trying to do some magic on DC and that's what was responsible for the rebirth, right? Uh-huh. But Morrison did some ant like counter magic. I, I, I am pretty sure they're rival wizards. Do you know what? Oh my god! Connor, I'm, I'm going to make a I'm going to make an out there prediction for the end of Doomsday Cut. Right, this is just pure speculation. We're going to think it's Manhattan the whole time, but then the last issue or the end of issue eleven before the, the final one is going oh. to pull off the mask and the beard's just going to expand out, and it was Alan like, Moore dude. all along. Inside I understand you're universe. joking, but it makes sense. <laughs> he did, he did write my favorite Superman story for the man who has everything, you know, mm. like. So so yeah, and he also didn't he write whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? Uh, the, yes, the last that's, Superman story. That sounds right. Yes. Yeah. So like, the fact that this character would be messing with Superman because he felt that he's lost his way and Earth doesn't deserve him. If it does, if it is Alan Moore living on Mars, I'm not going to be upset. <laughs> yeah, well, then we'll get this weird story that it's just it's Alan Moore and Grant Morrison, or these two gods try to battle each other on the comics universe. Kid, I, I, I five years so ago, hard. I would have hated that, but <laughs> I want it in my eyes right now. <laughs> okay, I think we've, 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 uh, we've talked about that as much as we should before we start getting really silly. Alright, that'll take us on to the comics this week, and we're going to start off, as we have been doing these past few, with the Metal One-Shot, Batman the Dawnbreaker number one, Sam Humphreys writing, Ethan Van Skyver on art. This is, obviously it's the, the Green Lantern, you know, evil mm-hmm. Batman, uh, who in this particular case, he gets a Green Lantern ring immediately after his parents are shot. That's kind of where we start off in this this issue. Problem number one, keep going. Keep it on <laughs> tally, dear viewers. So, so that's the whole thing. He immediately, because he's given this power, goes after the, the shooter, kills him right away. He's a hero for a little bit, or at least he's seen as a hero for a little bit because he's like dealing with all the criminals. But he just keeps getting more violent. He keeps killing more people. He's just you know this militant, and he's he's still young. He's like a teenager the entire time. Like he's yeah. he never. He's still number two. Keep going. There, there you go. Matt's racking these up. Uh, yeah. I know something that's really going to upset Matt though. Sorry, I'm, I'm yep. going to fight back in a few minutes. Oh, okay. okay. So, after about, he's, he's killing about. people left and right, he kills James Gordon, mm-hmm. k- k- kills kills villains, kills him, Three. and then 
the Green Lantern Corps like, wait a minute, this, this new Green Lantern, what's he doing? He's, he's, he's got all this murdering going on, let's put a stop to this. So, Dawnbreaker Batman here then takes out the entire Green Lantern Corps by himself in one double page spread. Problems 4 through 29. <laughs> Joe, you know, I read that page and I went, Matt's going to be pissed at this page. I can feel I'm, it. I'm not kidding. I read this early in the morning mm-hmm. and granted the week, you know, close to home and stuff, not in the best head headspace, but I read this and I yelled out and might've woken up my wife and got yelled at. So, and she heard me from downstairs. I was downstairs eating breakfast, reading this. So <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I understand now that this is the upside down, right? I'm, I'm rewatching stranger things and that's the best way I can, the, the dark multiverse, right? It's the upside yeah, down. That's like, yeah, perfect name for it. Nothing, nothing is what it should be. In fact, that, that's exactly how Kendra showed them what it was. She did the exact same thing from Stranger Things and just flipped the yeah. map. I know, <laughs> and I was like, duh, right? Like it should have been. So, and I get that these are these are choices that were made that, and this is why these worlds can't exist, right? Mm-hmm. But this was just lazy storytelling because. Have him be a Green Lantern and go through the training and then get corrupted because the immediate corruption of the ring and the too much willpower. Sam Humphreys just wrote a story about what happens when there's too much willpower, right? And what, what happened to that Kryptonian that had too much hope and willpower? Uh, got boom. Right, got straight up burned up. So the writer had established these rules previously. Now, granted, it's a maybe different not universe entirely. This is a completely different world. No, but this is this is still based off of the world of, of of the the proper universe, but, right? Yeah, but, universe. yeah, but the, like, why can't the rules be broken? Like, that doesn't mean the rules are the same. Yeah, but so it gets corrupted, right? Which just and just, by, just by to, Batman, I, I, he's a teenager. Just as like, we're going along here, Matt, I just want to jump in yeah. here at this point and say I don't really have a problem so much with him corrupting the ring as quickly as he does. The idea that there's so much darkness in there after what just happened, he's able to sort of override it. Yeah, it's the idea that that it's the the darkest moment of his life. I don't have a problem with that. However, I do think this is the weakest of the three one-shots so far, and I actually Uh will agree with Matt. I am not particularly fond that him and his inexperienced state can take out the entire Green Lantern Corps. That was just a step too far for me to swallow. have, Have him go through, and you see him age up, and he's this, you know, this this Green Lantern of Gotham, and Gordon's uneasy with it because he really can't control it, but he's still like like he does with Batman, right? He lets him, and years go by, and it just has led to him getting darker and darker, kind of like Sinestro, right? When Sinestro turned that symbol into a symbol of fear on Korrigar, because absolute power corrupts absolutely. And then have him take out the Green Lantern Corps, like how Jordan did when he was Parallax, right? There's precedent. But this seems like it's been no more than two years. He's still a kid. Like it just—it just feels too that, easy. It doesn't feel earned in yeah. the story. Is my problem. I, I'm not really fussed about this. Oh, it should have been years, and it should have been this. Like, have him take out the Green Lantern Corps one by one, or have him have him corrupt the yeah. battery first and have them all weakened or something. But it just—if it was this double pitch spread, it just yeah, the story's there. Like there are story beats there that you can do stuff with, but it just like. And the Van Skyver artwork is fine. Like, in, in fact, the, the darkness to it is even brought out more than I think I've seen since, I think, Sinestro Core War. Yeah, actually, just in, his, in, terms in, of thing, in terms of things I liked about the issue, I would say I liked that these constructs were this darker green. It was this sort of dark yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. 
I liked how it ended. I liked how he basically just says he wants to take the light away so that everyone's like him, and then that last page is just the one narration box and on black. I like that. I think that's a nice little touch to end it. Uh, I appreciate that. The whole idea that this this Green Lantern of Batman is like he's all about the void and the absence of light than he is about the light itself. Yeah. Uh, right. That's a nice touch. I like that. There's another thing well, I didn't that, like that though. Fits with the name of the Dawnbreaker because at every mm. there's a hope that at the end of the the night. You know, the done. sun will rise, yeah. and he doesn't want that sun to rise, and that, that's cool. Again, I like Sam Humphreys a lot, but there's a lot here that are just like, uh, here's here's you know? the other thing I didn't like though. The other, the past two one shots we've had, the Batman's and those have had specific connections to why they've been after the cities. You know, Flash was inside that Batman, and he had like he shared some of the memories and stuff, so that's why I went to Central City. Uh, Central. Yeah, Cyborg's Batman. Uh, he he went after Detroit because of Cyborg. Uh, th- this this Batman just goes to Coast City because well that's where Green Lantern is I guess. Yeah yeah that that character himself has no connection to that city. Yeah. <laughs> or reason also to go there. the 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 Doctor Fate show up at the nick of time. Like I can't wait for Metal Three. I did enjoy that. I, I did enjoy the Doctor Fate show up because I, I get... like it, but it, it's becoming formula at this point. And you know so once that pays off in Metal Three. Then, then I'll be like, we won't have to deal with I, that. I think and... it's escalated quite well. The way the way it's sort of like we got a, a quick one, you know, with Flash, and then we got a bit more or twice this week. I, I feel like it's, yeah. it's escalating at a nice pace where I feel like yeah, we're about to climax and find out what Fate's plan is, or what you know, or at least where he's he's brought them all to, so they can all regroup or whatever. Uh, but I, I like the idea that he, he does. Hal gets, gets completely pulled into this void of darkness, but then no, there's yeah. a light. It's fate. Like you know, there's another type of light. It's not just green light in this world. That we've and, got fate as well. Yeah, and, and we kind of got the whole deal. I mean, that's in the next book we'll talk about with the nth metal. Mm. So that the fact that that light shine, you know, through through the blackness, you know, that was that was cool. You know, but yeah. So Connor, go ahead and, and so on the the bit that Pete just mentioned about. Why does he go to Coast City to go after Green Lantern? Mm-hmm. I assumed that the Batman who laugh kind of was like, you know, orders him to go there. Uh, that's a fair point. I, 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 I know this is your target because you, he, he's kind of collecting the opposite numbers, so to speak. Yeah, you're probably right. It's just, just in terms of its story compared to the last two. The last two, it felt like they had like an emotional reason to go there. Oh. They had an emotional reason to, so and it felt satisfied. Too was Star Labs, you know, and, and, and through Star Labs they took over the the whole network. I so think that, that that made sense. Part of why this one works for me because he is extremely emotionally stunted. Because he, the other two that we've had, they were still Batman. You know, they they moved on uh, first. They, this was he he never moved past that moment of the death. He never got past that at all. Like he was stuck in that moment, and it's why you know like his willpower is all focused around just that moment being awful and getting back at that. So it makes sense to me that. He hasn't got any connections to anything. He is still essentially a child. No, no. I mean, I get all that stuff. It's just again, just compared to the last two, like when they went to those places, I understood like why they had a motivation to do that. And while it makes sense to see like, the Batman who laughs just told him to go there, it's just when he went there, I'm like, okay, this doesn't have the same impact that those last two did because it is just kind of because it makes sense because you're the Green Lantern one. No, that's fair. So I mean, mm-hmm. I, I agree with the problem of him taking out all the core at once. That was a bit cheap but that was probably my biggest problem with the issue the rest of it i didn't really I, I think i preferred this over the last one personally oh fair enough i i didn't hate it like i, I didn't hate this issue i i just i definitely oh, yeah. think it's, I, I think it's the weakest of the three part of that is also the art i think the art in this much i i had some problems with the art last week i didn't really enjoy it that much 
Well, you weren't here for that episode, so that's not that's not canon. You 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 you'll get to talk about it. Why this is above that one? But I will say that the, the Van Skyver artwork, like it's, I always love when he draws uh, Green Lantern stuff. Mm. Now, I think I'm a little too close. Like I, I love Green Lantern. It's one of my, d- d- despite you know taking that break because of Venditti, you know it's a mythos that I really enjoy. And so I was looking forward to this one just to see how a Batman Green Lantern would work, and it just didn't. So I'm a little bit more worried about the Devastator one now. Just because the fact that he's Doomsday. <laughs> uh, do you know, I, I actually uh, did see what, what that actually is, though. So I'm, yeah. a, I'm more okay with it now that I know how right. that comes about. Okay. It was just, uh, you know, Superman is in that world. Matt's going to hate it because Superman goes rogue. Uh, of course. Um, and Batman <sighs> trying to stop him infects himself with the, like a version of like a Doomsday virus. And then it kind of goes out of control from there. Matt, we've had by the time we get to that one, we've had like four evil Batman stories. You're going to complain about one evil Superman story in this dark multiverse in this broken yeah. world that shouldn't exist. Yeah, well, all those worlds where Superman goes rogue shouldn't exist. But hey, now <sighs> just this. Oh, Matt, he's the light. Uh, he's supposed no, to be. Um, that's the whole point of these worlds: is that things that are supposed to be aren't. Right, but so <laughs> I'm. I am looking forward to the next one just because I. It is so different. What is so the next far. one? The Drowned. It's the Drowned. Drowned. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Aquaman yeah. one. Or Aquawoman uh, one, maybe I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever, whoever it is. It's, it's, I don't think it's Bruce Wayne. They could throw a curveball. Brenda so. Wayne. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, is Jurgen right in the Superman one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I have a little bit more faith in it. I do um, love Superman. So. Yeah, who else do we have? Like, we had the Wonder Woman one. Wonder Woman, which is... What's the name of that one? The, the I can't remember. It's it looks dope though. Like it looks like a a dark like an actual Black Knight Batman. The curse you know? maybe I don't know. I can't remember. No, <laughs> something like that. We'll figure it out. Uh, we'll figure it out. But yeah, so Breaker, I didn't hate it, but it definitely had a lot of more cheaper moments that I I wasn't that wasn't working for me. Even though it did have some nice touches, but uh. But there you go. Uh, so that'll take us on to Green Arrow number 32. This is the fourth and final part of the Gotham Resistance story. It is written by Benjamin Percy and Joshua Williamson, uh, which I was not expecting his name. That was a kind of a surprise when I got to that last yeah. that page with the, the credits. Uh, Jean Ferraia did the art. And so you don't look at the, the covers very much. I, I, I No, I rarely read the, who, who the names are on the cover. Uh Because especially since I just assume that I know who it is. Because usually I do. It's usually the same writer as the last time. So typically, yeah, I, I usually look to check the artist because uh, I see oh, who's on this one. Because I'll often, usually when there's an artist change, I'll, I'll get a couple of pages in, or even a writer change, and I'll be like, this feels off, this issue. Not necessarily bad always, but just this feels <laughs> different. What's going on? And then I'll go back to the cover and go, oh, someone else. Uh, but yeah, so this is the fourth and final part. I, I, I have uh, liked this crossover tie-in quite a bit, and I think what I like about now that it's, it's over and we've got all four parts is Obviously, this wasn't going to have a conclusion per se because it's not the end of the the crossover, but it does feel conclusive in that it it, it does does what it was supposed to do. It sets up the the, the greater threat. It, it serves its purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it really feels like the next crossover is going to be kind of a sequel to this in the sense that uh, all the Justice League who have been taken from the the one shot, so you know, Flash, Hal, all those, they'll be mm-hmm. in the Justice League crossover that's coming. Uh, like what next month? Early December, whenever that is. Uh, 
So when... what does that start with? That start with Flash. I can't remember. Probably. Uh, so, but like, it feels like th- this serves its purpose. It sets up the threat and how, like, because th- our heroes fail. Like Harley Quinn gets taken. Yeah. All, all, all the evil Batman show up, and Nightwing, Robin, Green Arrow, and Mister Terrific have to run to survive. They just can't succeed. Yeah. Uh, but they do find out one crucial detail is that the nth metal can hurt them. Because Damien, because uh, Ollie shoots Damien with an arrow by accident, he's, he's aiming for the Dark Robin and he hits him instead. And then Damien, for the little shit that he is, has this total badass moment where he just pushes the arrow through himself to hit, you know, to stab yep. him as well. Uh, and we find out the nth metal hurts them bad. So uh, yeah. that's the kind of our big final reveal is that we know how to hurt so, them now. Yeah. yeah, so it makes me wonder if all these other metals are from the Dark Multiverse. Mm. But nth metal is of this multiverse, and that's why it's so tied into Hawkman and uh, mm. the Helm of Naboo and and all that stuff. Hmm. So yeah. no, uh, obviously Doctor Fate shows up and uh, gets them gets them that out of dodge. Panel yeah. where he appears is just gorgeous. It's pretty cool. I I like when Dark uh, Batman Who Laughs shows up because uh, because they find like the the Titans and the the, the squad on like, this metal machine thing and it's like they're harvesting them and they're going to infect them with metal and you know if they infect enough people this will all get dragged into the dark multiverse and the Batman who laughs shows up in his evil Batmobile uh, and I love Harley's little Mr. B mm-hmm. <laughs> her yeah. little moment there that was pretty good her confusion yeah. I love the, the panel layout there was often these like squared panels yeah, but rounded edges and it you know, stuck out and it looked almost like a, a screen rather than just the, the regular panel. It looks like they're being watched. Actually, there was one page in particular. It's a nine-panel grid. Uh, but no, it doesn't look like screens. It looks like they're playing cards because you see the Joker's finger. The Batman mm-hmm. who laughs finger yeah, is at yeah, the top. That's a separate one. And it's like they're all... It's, it's like he's laid out all these cards because they're all kind of... Some of them are skewed as if he's just sort of put them, thrown them down the table. Uh, that's, that's a pretty cool little touch. Yeah. There's a little bit of Bane. They're in Bane's sort of part of the maze when they're they're here. But <laughs> it's so insane, like like jacked up Scarface and Wesker are fighting each other, and he has a wrestling announcer that's calling everything, like the fights yeah. as they happen. Mm-hmm. It was kind of it was a lot of fun. I would like to see more of this realm, you know. I, but, I, you know, I have to say I'm having a lot of fun with metal because I don't know if anything's really going to be oh universe changing, but Everything is just balls to the wall fun. Yes, and yeah. I like this so far. It does really feel like the one shots and these this tie-in crossover. It really feels like it is benefiting having it all going concurrently. It feels like this does take place because even at the end it says the fallout of this is in Metal Number Three, which we're getting next month. You know, it feels like yeah. everything is actually sort next of moving week. alongside. Yeah. Oh, next yeah. week. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> it's next week. Yeah. Uh, I'm forgetting we're in October now. It's, it's been that oh. kind of week, uh, but like you know, so it's uh, I like it. It's it's just very neatly tied in. Uh, apparently, the one shots are doing really well for DC, which is notable because the other company recently has been having a lot of hard times with their tie-ins and one shots and all those kind well, of if, things. If they feel like they matter and they're going to add to the story and not just be a cash grab. And I think people respond to them. I think better. it's because it's really easy to see the purpose in these one shots. You go, yep. no, look, these are the antagonists, and it's like one for each of them. It, yeah, it just it works. Whereas, yeah, it's not just oh, here's a one shot for the sake of a one shot. And then, then you have this crossover, exactly. which is like, okay, what are all the other heroes doing when the cities are falling apart? What you know, because the main books, obviously, Batman, Superman, and your you know those characters, mm. and where they are, this is dealing with other stuff. 
Uh, but I think the real smart thing they've done with this is that they've limited it to two books a week that are relevant to metal. So it never yep. feels like it's overbearing. It never feels like, oh man, there's five metal-related books out this week. It's just, no, we've had the, we've had one crossover issue, one one-shot, uh, or if there's a main issue out, we don't have anything else with that. That gets its own sort of slot one week. Yeah. It's... Just looking ahead, see if the, I'm just I've got the checklist up on the other screen. I'm yeah. just seeing if there is any weeks where it gets a bit... No, I think it's never more than two. And I think that's really smart. Yep. Yeah, it is. I, I just noticed, by the way, the, the next crossover starts uh, late December. Late December, okay. okay. Well, it's a little bit further away than I thought, but uh, that makes sense, because that means it'll be finishing around just before the fifth or sixth issue then. So, it'll be towards the end yeah. of the overall thing. But, no, I, I think it's been really smart how they've sort of laid it out, because it feels like you're constantly getting something from it. It feels like a weekly event, even though the actual main issues are monthly. Um mm-hmm. But it never feels overbearing. So oh, sorry, that's, that's just fine. it's really small text. I think that's the end of, late late October. It's just really small Jesus text. Christ. It looked like a two. All right, so it's the end of this month. That's cool. Yeah, uh, that's fun stuff. <laughs> so no, good. Uh, anything else out here? I do want to talk about. I, I liked Green Arrow kind of mentoring uh, Damien. I liked I liked him pointing out he's a teenager and he likes the illusion that he's in charge and he's independent, but yep. he likes having mm. the support system to fall back on. I thought that was a really neat little yep. analysis of Damien. And, and and Damien even saying that he failed. Like, his plan didn't work. But, and then how... And Dick getting angry and punching the, punching the, uh, the yeah. wall at the end. That was, yeah. you know, good stuff. Uh, the art by Fariah is obviously pretty great most of the time. I do think his Harley's a little bit strange. Yeah. I wasn't feeling her so much. Uh, but... Most of the other stuff was was really great. Uh, like I say, I that, really like his his Nightwing. I like his Nightwing. I like the Evil Robins. I think they look really really cool. Uh, that's quite yeah. demented. Like I say, that Evil Batmobile that that comes in. Uh, yeah, and I think his is the best uh, Batman who laughs. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Um, actually, it's the creepiest I, looking for sure. Yeah, especially when he sticks his tongue out at Harley. Uh, also, mm-hmm. I love how the Evil Batmobile. Not only has he got flames firing out of it, the grail around the front looks like teeth. Looks it's like Joker smile. teeth. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really, really smart stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's that's mostly good stuff. I, no, I I enjoyed this crossover a lot. I, I thought it uh, it did what it needed to do, and we were worried that it was going to wrap up too quickly, and I don't think it did. I think it was just no. no once we got to Batman Who Laughs we realised we could not win, we had to run. So it, it sets up the threat, this is how bad it is, and then we can sort of pick up these threads with uh, the other crossover and the main book. So, no, I think, yep. I think smart stuff. All right, so that'll take us on to Batman number 32. This is the final of the War on Jokes and Riddles, written by Tom King, art by Mikhail Janin, as this entire arc has been. Not counting the, uh, the Kite Man interludes. But... Uh, so we we had a lot of speculation going into this as to what the thing was. What what was Batman going to do that he felt so shamed about that he had to tell Selina? And I love that this starts with like two or three pages of nothing but silence of them sitting in the bed and just like these quiet moments of I horror. Think the, that second page is almost the most effective because you know that first page is them sat on the bed in yeah. silence, and that second page just cuts to you know faces of all the people who died during that war. It, yeah, yeah, it cuts to that, and it cuts back to them. Uh, it's just this little encouragement for her putting putting the hand on his, his hand and like you know finish this story. Uh, and that's when we go back to the room because we ended the last issue with Joker, Batman, Riddler in the room, and the fight breaks out. And it all boils down to like Batman's beating them both up. He beats Riddler down, and then Riddler says, "Okay, I I give in. I've lost." Is he laughing? 
and he's, yeah. and, and, and Joker's not. He's not yeah. laughing. He's just he's no. just uh, he's just standing there, and he's like, "Come on, I orchestrated this whole thing. I made sure I would get taken down by Kite Man. Do you know how hard it was to make sure someone called Kite Man existed?" And it's like, yeah. "Oh Jesus Christ! He's he, he's." And do you know what I love about this? Is that we loved how much of a big moment for Kite Man it was last issue. But does yep. it take away from the, how pathetic he is? But this kind of undercuts it a little bit. It's like, no, he was kind of manipulating him the entire time. Yeah. So it kind of gives him back to that status of, oh no, he is kind of a loser, uh, unfortunately. Even though I, st- I still root for him. He's Kite Man. You know, hell yeah. Oh yeah. All that. But, so what this all boils down to is Riddler starts like mocking him. He starts mocking Batman. He's like, no, Batman, you'd be dead. If I wanted you both dead, you would be. But I keep you around because the game is fun. Like, you know, it's kind of, kind of similar to Joker oh. where he doesn't kill Batman because... Like you know, yeah. uh, it's, the, it's just the fascination. The relationship is what drives him. And there's that that first panel where Batman looks down at the table and you see the knife, and I'm like, oh god, where's this going? Um, that that, that is foreshadowing to the, the the nth degree. And it builds up and it builds up. And I, as Riddler's talking, I killed his son. He talks about killing Kate yeah. Man's son. And it's after he mentions that the Batman starts narrating about this. He's like, you know, he killed Charlie. And you know, they ask Kate Man, the, 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 you know, if I say the bad word, will I go anywhere else? And then he never answered. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 that it's that trigger. And it, what I love about it is that it calls back to that moment two issues ago when Batman was in the cell with uh, Kate Man and Riddler. When you know, when Kate Man was yeah. sort of turning himself over, and Riddler taunted that he'd killed his son. And Batman, he could he could feel the 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 guilt, the shame, the the uncomfort from behind him. And Batman picks up a knife, and he clearly says to Selina. You know, when he's narrating this. This was not an accident. I wasn't losing my mind. I wasn't acting out of pure yeah, anger. I, I've, I've got the page here. Oh, go on. It wasn't an accident. I didn't think I, I'd fail. I wasn't out of control or insane. I knew who I was. I knew what I was doing. I understood the choice I'd made. And this I is thrust a, the knife out. Yeah, it's a, it's a big full-page spread of him thrusting the knife towards Riddler's face. And then, then you turn the page and... I think it's it's so effective because you see the blood coming out like from mm. on that first page, and you're like, he kind of stabbed the Riddler. He stabbed him in the he stabbed the Riddler in the face. That's, yeah, that's like, what it looks like there. Yeah, it's it looks like, like it. Like, and then I'm going, uh, we, we've seen the Riddler in present day, right? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. I was He's like, just have. in Teen Titans. Yeah, and yeah, he, exactly. I was like, surely. And you turn you turn the page, and Joker's put his hand in front of Riddler, and it's Riddler's hand has been stabbed. And then he says, now that's funny, and he starts laughing. It gives him his laugh back. And so so there's so much to actually analyse here in terms of what's just happened. There's a lot to take in, because it's a really big moment for Batman. And I think if you'd just told me this, like, without me reading it, like, oh, this is what's going to happen. Batman's going to lose his shit and try and kill Riddler. kind of feels cheap, doesn't it, if you say it like that? Yeah, if you just say that, it does feel cheap. But they sell it really well because it's the murder of a child... Because I like the idea, the whole point of this story, and I'm, I'm sure Matt loves this, that Batman is not completely perfect, that he, even he can be pushed past that point. It, it proved that Batman's human. Yeah. Um, because the fact that Riddler was bragging about doing all of this stuff, and he orchestrated this entire war to get to this point, uh, to prove that he was better than the Joker, and then to add that little, yeah, and I killed kite man's son to to put this all and Batman's just like I've had enough I'm gonna that's it like that's what I need to do and, and then the fact that the man who is all about chaos 
is the one that stops them that puts an end to it because yeah. again we talked about this in the last issue the difference between a joke and a riddle right is a joke's unexpected and that's ultimately what this is you know the joker saving the riddler's life from batman like it's so weird yeah he, batman was crossing the line he was crossing the one line he does mm-hmm. not cross and the only reason he didn't was because the worst person imaginable decided to stop it and it's it is fascinating to me and it makes so much sense why he's so ashamed of this why he's telling selena yep. this and the mm-hmm. funny thing is selena's kind of a gray area character she you know she she isn't necessarily against killing people the same way about that is she's a bit more you know yeah. villainous uh, and has been in the past and but she's like this is okay bruce it's okay like yeah sure he helped make you who you are it's like your legend your line that you don't cross that you 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 stick to so adamantly mm-hmm. like sure he might have helped create that but you know how many things in my past have helped create me like yeah we're all sons love, of our past i love the idea that joker did it to keep the to keep batman how he was because you know yep. the idea if if he'd let bruce kill him uh it you know Bruce loses focus. He, he's, he, there's no challenge. There isn't that game anymore. Yeah. It's over. But Joe, you know I love about this as well is I love the idea that yeah. So this was early. This was still an early days Batman. This was like year two or whatever yeah. of Batman's like cycle. It's before Robin. Yeah. You know, right? And yeah, yeah. and he, he. So he 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 is younger. He's less experienced. He he maybe is more prone to like crossing that line if he, you know, he gets close to it. You know, I think present day Batman would never even get this far. Like he he's well, so. I think that's why uh, this had to be a. A story in the past. Yeah, exactly. But I think what I love about it is that Joker did, in a way, help sort of cement that he does not cross. It's it's almost like getting that close, Batman getting that close and being stopped is kind of the final nail that said, "I am never going to do that. I do not like that. I almost Mm -hmm. did that kind of of thing." Like because he is so. I can can almost see this happening in the Nolan Batverse too. You know, Mm. like. Where, where Heath Ledger's Joker was about trying to force him to push that line. But the I could see, like, the ultimate twist is, like, he gave him a fake gun, you know, to, to do it, just to prove. Because mm. there's that yeah, unexpected. Yeah, prove that he could do it, but he still wanted exactly. him to be intact. But he just wanted him to know. But, of course, that exactly. just makes him double down on the idea that he does not do that. Like, he, he no. Exactly. Huh? Yeah. So... Uh, no, like, I think on face value, if you just told me it was going to happen in this, I might not like like it at first. But the more yeah. I think about, the more I think about the reasons that he's driven to that point, because it's the murder of a child. It's something so extreme that, like you know, like it's, well, it's not just normal. We saw him get to that line when he beat the ever living piss out of Deathstroke and and Deadshot, mm. right? Or was it? De- it was Deadshot yeah. that had to be carted away, you mm. know. And he didn't like that line. That's why he joined Riddler's side. You know, and this is also him turning his, kind of him going to attack the Riddler, is kind of him turning his back on that philosophy of straight control, because when you can never fully have straight control of anything, you know, like even Riddler never expected Batman to try to end him, right there, you know, for all of his, for all his machinations. That wasn't in the playbook. Yeah, that's kind of what turned it into a joke. That's why Red, Joker wasn't laughing at first because this is still kind of planned. expected from, from him. Yeah. But Batman yeah. making the choice to do something off script that he would never normally do yeah. is what makes it unexpected. And that's why Joker finds it... F- and, well, that and the fact that Joker gets to be the one who kind of helps save that's Batman, it. be Batman. He's kind of like, oh. you owe me. You know? And it, it drives their relationship a little more. And it even fits in with Snyder's, like, their whole... 
idea is that Joker loves Batman. Like in this, not not exactly romantic, but like they need each other. Yeah, he and, needs Batman to stay as Batman, not to cross that line. Exactly. Mm. And then, well, I mean, we'll talk about that when we get to White Knight. You know, that 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 is this theme turned on its head. So, yeah, this is this has gone down. It's probably one of my favorite Batman stories, just because of of the peaks and valleys of it. Not like valleys being bad, but like you have those Kite Man issues interspersed throughout. You know, and he had a pretty solid Batman story throughout. So this is a nice capper. It was I wasn't a, expecting it. I'll tell you yeah, that much. It was emotional. It's, it's added something else to the Batman. It's added, it's added a layer to his his character that wasn't there before, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, and I don't think I'd trust many writers to take Batman to this oh. point. Because it, 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 this could have very easily felt like cheap or out of character or any of these things. And it doesn't, and I think that's when you have someone like Tom King who knows what he's doing, uh, yeah. and gets close to that line without crossing it. Yeah, almost it's definitely a, a story that got, yeah, it's definitely a story that he seeded throughout. You know, from from Charlie the the kid, that whole story. I mean, those those were intermissions, but they were still integral to the story. Even just thinking, and that, uh, that's a skilled writer. Just thinking back to before this arc, though, when he you know he was on the roof talking to Gotham Girl about you know. He doesn't deserve a normal life and things like that. You know, this yeah. this almost adds an extra layer to that when you think about what he's actually done in the past. You know, yeah, he doesn't feel like he deserves a normal life, and it's not just because he's committed to his war on crime. It's 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 said that he owes his integrity to the Joker, so he doesn't deserve because he because oh. he's not any better than the Joker, as far as he's concerned, because he was going to do it. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's fascinating because he because Batman's off, often talked about how he's not one of the innocents, like. You know, you, you always you, you would give his life at any second to protect someone who's innocent. He doesn't consider himself to be innocent, uh, and this adds a bit more depth to that. Like that's why he wouldn't consider himself innocent because he did almost cross that line, and it's it's, it's fascinating stuff. I uh, I have been thoroughly impressed uh, as this run has went on, and this arc is definitely the the highlight so far. Now let's not gloss over the uh, the ending though, because uh, obviously we come back to present day. Uh, Cat- Catwoman basically says, "Hey, like, who cares what the difference between a joke and riddle is? You know, you know, our past makes us who we are. That's okay. Yes, you are. You're flawed. That's great. We're all flawed. Get over it, you big log." Um, yeah. And she's like, "Ask me the question again." Uh, and of course, Janin's art here, which is the fate. Because again, at the start of the book, when it was just in silence, but here again, there's just these moments of pause as, as silent panels, and he's like, "Will you marry me?" And we end the final panel is just her saying yes, and there you go. End of arc. Yeah. I am really I think curious. It, I think it's really impressive. Just you, you go back to the art; these last pages, mm. you can. I don't think we ever saw. Really, we didn't really see Selena crying. You have the one panel of her wiping her eye, but you can yeah. see it like really obviously in that last page. Like, like she has been crying quite a lot. Mm. Like with the way the the makeup's running, you, it's like it's like okay. Was it just the ending that did that, or has this been, you know, like the, the whole idea of this? The whole build. Yeah, because he's laying himself emotionally bare to her. Yeah. And you get the feeling he doesn't do this very often. So... <laughs> well, Batman, you kidding? <laughs> yeah. FFR. You know? Well, yeah, he doesn't, hard he doesn't have anybody. Every week. Oh, true. Yeah, well, yeah, Alfred's a little bit different, though. That's like him calling his dad and be like, hey, I messed up. And Alfred's like, oh, it's okay. You'll, you'll... That's why we follow Master Bruce, you know? And then, but Selena is. Like, no, wow. I, like, like, Pete called him a lunkhead, because that was her whole thing. 
you know, yeah, we all mess up, you idiot. Like, how can you be so smart and be so dumb? So... Well, that's Batman's whole thing. It's gonna be interesting going forward. He, he, you know tor- what I mean? he, he tortures himself. That's his thing. Like you know, this who right. Batman is. He broods. But yeah, yeah, so in terms of going forward, like yeah, I, I kind of hope they go through with this. I hope we get a good amount of time of them being a married couple. I think that would be a fascinating dynamic to have in the main Batman yeah. book. And and you look back at that thing that that King started at the end of the I Am Gotham arc, where Gotham Girl kind of brings about the end to Batman. Like, what mm. if he stops? being Batman for a little bit because of Selina, you know? And it, mm-hmm. it's kind of that Dark Knight Rises ending. See, I'm a, I'm a little concerned because if I remember correctly, that whole thing it was, you know, Bruce Wayne's dead, not Batman was dead. Oh, crap. And I'm a little concerned that something goes wrong with Selina and he goes, no, Bruce Wayne's no more. He throws himself way too into Batman and kind of goes too far. I think that would be a fascinating story to tell, but I don't want it straight away. I, I want, yeah. like, I mean, give I, time. I, I, I feel like we have to have the win this year. That's going to be a thing in the next year or so, right? It has yeah. to be. Yeah. Right, we're going to have Batman the win. the only one without a winning issue. Like, you had Superman and Lois, you had Jean Grey and Cyclops, yeah. and these famous couples, so. And I can just picture, like, the four Robins as the groomsmen. You know, Dick's the best man. Well, maybe Alfred's the best man. Mm. No, Alfred's the official. That's uh, sure. Yeah, Al- uh, Alfred's Alfred's performing it. He's, he's got a he's, he's got a thing off the internet. He's got a license. Well, even if not, he's the father anyway. So you, you, the, the hmm. father's not usually the best man. Uh, true. No, true. If, that's, that's true. Anybody that's not Dick is the best man. It's Gordon. Yeah, like, but of course he can't tell Gordon that he's bad. Well, maybe we all. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gordon. I mean, Gordon would be the best man, and then the rest would be the groomsmen. But since they can't tell Gordon who he is, it will be Dick. Do, do do they get married in costume though? And that's how you get Gordon there. Oh and yeah. There <laughs> oh yeah, because that's what you want all the supervillains to know that Batman's got a wife. That they can well, yeah, target. yeah, sure. But then you can invite all well, the that all the friends. Her side, because does she only bring her cats? Like you can't bring Ivy and Harley into the. Sure you can. Maybe they can. It'd be a truce just for the wedding. It would just be a Hal and Ivy though. Like, who else would she bring? Yeah. Well, I'm just oh, going Matt, to make Holly, make Matt, make. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no. Batman says he's going to be packed. You got the entire Justice League. You got the Outsiders. You got mm-hmm. um, the JLA. You got I, everyone. I like to think that the only ones that are really there are it's the Trinity. You know, because that's who he's close with is Diana yeah, and the Clark. Trinity and the Robins. Yeah, you know. I feel like and Kevin Barry are pretty family. close. Not, not as close as those three, though. No, I mean, I mean not as much. I mean, obviously, Hal. I, I, I can, the I can see. Once you invite, once you go outside that trinity and you invite Barry, then it's like, okay, I should probably invite Hal. No, I want. Okay, but and the Barry's gonna want to invite Wally, both of them. But Superman will bring his family, right? So we'll have John there. So John's so, the ringer. John's the ringer. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, Just. Damien's not doing it. He's well, obviously, me. yeah. Damien's oh, going to be... It'll, it'll be the dog. That's true. It'll be Ace or or Titus. Titus, Probably yeah. Probably Ace. Yeah. God. King's giving me like, two of my favorite Batman stories in the last year. It's kind of not fair. Between the Ace story, that was in the annual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Christmas special, wasn't it? Yeah. And then... What was it? The, yeah, it was the Christmas, I think. I thought it was the annual, but the annual was all Christmas-themed. Oh, yeah. right, okay. Because it, it came out the last week of November, so it was all Christmas themed yeah. stories, but yeah. So, so there was that, and then there's just the War of Jokes and Riddles, and now we're fantasizing Batman's wedding like a bunch of nerds. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's, let's move on. 
Oh dear. So I'll, I'll, I'll just just to add on, just because Selena, I mean, she'll have Harley and Ivy. Maybe maybe she'll steal like uh, Barbara and I, like uh, Stephanie well, for more Holly. bridesmaids. Hey, Holly's still around. Oh or sure, no. yeah. Because didn't they put her up in that in the the cat story? Like she was the actual one that did all the murdering, and Selena took the rap for. Her. Who gives Selena away though? Who's the who's her sort of surrogate father for the, the Slam day? Bradley? Come on. Okay. Supposed to know the stuff, Pete. I wasn't expecting you to give me an answer that quickly, to be honest. Yeah, Okay. Uh, all right. So I guess that wraps up Batman with the win fantasy. Uh, that'll take us on to Superman thirty-two. James Bonney writing Tyler Kirkham on art. This is the second part of the two-part story. Uh, Superman, Lois, and Deathstroke. Oof. Um, so it was rough. I would say it was rough. I would say it was just what it's it fine. is. Yeah, it's, it's perfectly fine. I feel this will be the shortest conversation we have on this show, this episode, because it just it was kind of similar to the last one. There was some fun dialogue. The whole thing was basically just Deathstroke's been hired to push Superman as far as he can to see if Superman will again cross that line. Will Superman kill? And he's got Lois dead to rights, and of course Clark still doesn't do it. And it turns out at the end, and I, I called who it was by the way that hired him. I was I was so yeah. sure who it was. Well, and we also called how Lois didn't get shot. It was Superman rushing mm. in. You know, uh, that's true, yeah. Uh, and it was a uh, it was Amanda Waller at the end who. I mean, maybe this is seen, maybe like uh, Tomasi said, right, I'm going to do something with Waller later. So do some, you know. So he's told this fill-in writer do a little thing with Waller, and otherwise yeah. just have fun. And I thought it was okay. Like the art was okay, story was okay, but it was. I, I quite great. like the art, other than Superman looking yeah. a bit young, mm. and and Lois too. I think they both looked a little young, but otherwise, I, I like the art a lot. I like the mm. lowest focus in these two issues, though, like her narration and her talking about her story and, you know, complaining that Superman's like... You know, because there's that thing when she goes to the burning building and she's like, you know, you could maybe not hover so close and you, the, the next panel's just Superman, like, right behind her, like, right. I'm not moving, Lois. Deathstroke's mm. after you. Uh, right. So there's some funny and stuff in there. And propane but... take fire that he started to draw him out. Do like... you know what? I was almost getting ready to complain. Like, why is Superman not helping with this fire? He's just he's just hovering over Lois like a selfish yeah. prick. Uh, but luckily yeah. enough, within the next couple of panels, he's like, okay, I'm going to go and take care of this. Right. Okay, cool. But... Uh, that's basically I have almost nothing else to say it was it was nah. the definition of a fine fill-in issue that didn't do any any bad things I'm ready or any good things. To be still good better than the road trip oh it was better on the road trip absolutely yeah I'm ready I'm ready for Superman stories to be good again. I mean the Parallax one was pretty good I mean it kind of faltered towards the end but I feel similarly to the Parallax one as I do here like yeah, it was fine. It was it was all right. I I enjoyed it. I, it's, I it's what it is. I really loved the first parallax issue. I thought that had a really good setup. The second issue let it down. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. as a whole. Okay, a, you know, as a yeah. whole two issue fill in. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. That's what was more consistent. I'll say that. <laughs> um, it, just, yeah. it was consistently. It's like a full story. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I mentioned to Pete earlier in the week. You know, he said, "Oh, what's it like?" I said, "It's kind of the same as the last one. You know, it's 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 pretty much just more of the same." Which isn't a bad thing. It's 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 all right. It's it's easy to read. It's enjoyable enough. It's uh, the damn Legion and Superman, man. Like we kept, we kept getting teases. Now it's pulling them back away. It's basically a solid six out of ten. Is essentially what we're saying. There you go. Yeah. And offensive, just okay. That's fine. Let's move on. If James is less saying that means it's a three out of five. <laughs> James is a friend from Facebook who insists on rating things out of five, like a. Yep. Right and, it, and it gets me every time because I'll like go see the new Blade Runner and be like, "Oh, it was four and a half." Well, and the, then my the brain goes is, to ten. He he doesn't like, say out of five. He no. just says, "Oh, it's a three. 
and, and yeah. you're like and everyone else who is in that in that group who talks to each other we all rate out a 10 so it's consistent and yeah. everyone's like comparable to each other but now he has to rate out a five yep. yeah oh, and it still throws me and he's been doing it for as long as i've known him which is a couple of years now and yeah. at, at least letter grades would be so different that i'd, I'd see yeah. it and go i understand what a b plus is i understand right. like you know i'd respect it's that more than at five yeah, he, he wants he want at one point he was talking about doing it out of four. Oh, that's even worse people who rate what, things what are out you of doing you can't rate things out of four. It's not a big enough scale. I, I do not. I do not get it. Critics who rate things out of four are a menace to society. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's Superman. That's probably the shortest Superman discussion we've ever had. Yeah. But that's okay. I think we spent longer talking about rating at numbers than we did about. The... Yeah, so well, was, we... there wasn't much to talk about. We, it was a very plot-heavy issue. Yeah, it was I mean, what it was. you know, Superman. I, I think it got hurt by being the same week as Batman being taken to the line, and yeah. like. There's not, there's not the drama there, and there's not the unexpectedness of it. You know, Superman's not going to take out Deathstroke because we know that this is before Deathstroke twenty one. You know, so. Yeah. And even, and even then, I'm going to assume that Superman's not going to snap Deathstroke's yeah. neck because that's typically what Superman does not do, unless Zack yeah. Snyder's involved in writing the issue. So, uh, we will move on. <laughs> to the next book which is Green Lantern's number 32 Sam Humphrey's writing Scott Golusky on art this is the final issue in Sam Humphrey's run this is his last one this yeah. was a sort of epilogue capper on his run uh, with uh, Jessica and Simon back on Earth they're trying to get pancakes but they get interrupted there's a monster attacking somewhere they have to go and take care yeah. of that and then Simon's like oh I need to go to this party and she's like what a party? no you brought me to a party? Yeah. I have anxiety issues you promised, no. you promised pancakes not a party yeah, yeah. And he has a bit of a fight with his, his best friend in his ear, and they, they try and hash out their issues. I mean, this was mostly just an issue, and it's just to have lots of fun little moments for character stuff. And for an epilogue issue, I'm kind of okay with that, because this is the last time yeah. he has to write these characters. Um, that was it. If this was just a regular issue, you go, yeah, it was fun. But, yeah, that's cool. But as an epilogue, it's like, oh, this is a, this is nice. Yeah. Well, it sums up everything that I like that he did, which is their interactions between each other. Yeah. So that's and that's what all this entire issue is. That's it. So. Feels like a, a greatest hits. There's nothing new, yeah. but it's, it's just nope. a greatest hits of their moments. But my favorite thing in this issue may actually be that uh, uh, Sarah, uh, Nazir's wife, has this donut addiction, which yeah. is such a big thing. She gets on a, a, a donut high, and then when Nazir finds out, it's like she's had donuts. Why didn't you cut her off? How many has she had? Right. And then they make constant references about how if I don't get killed by this donut monster home at home. And I'm like, this is a great running joke. How, why is this just popping up now, goddammit? But I like that yeah. he's, left, he's left this for Seely, right? Keep this donut thing running, right? <laughs> this donut... We know we know Seely watches this. He listens to our feedback on Twitter. <laughs> Donuts, essential. Well, I mean, we don't know if he watches it. We just know that we've both harassed him on Twitter for making mistakes. <laughs> He blamed. He's kind of shifted the blame onto an editor by the sound. He has. He has. To be fair, it sounded like he wrote the right things when he was making like mm-hmm. a, a Scottish sentence, and the, the editor just assumed it was wrong and corrected it. But whatever, whatever. Uh, it, 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 it hits our guts. Basically, is what we're saying because uh, we keep we keep harassing him. Just remember, I don't though. So. Oh well, then good. you're you're free to to tell him that you should keep the donuts because yeah, no, no ill will coming from you. Yeah. Nope. So I like the donut thing. Yeah, and all in that, it was it was just you know seeing a goofy photograph of like uh, Simon and Nazir when they were kids, looking like they were out of NSYNC, and yep. 
just little things like that. Jessica, like, being forced to flirt with this guy at the party. And then the whole Superman love triangle thing comes into it where the guy's like, oh, no, this new female Green Lantern's really hot. And he just walks off talking about how hot she is. And Jessica's just left in, in the dust. Yeah. Fun things. Uh, and then some random ginger asshole comes in and tell, tells uh, the Zero and Jessica, or sorry, Sierra and Jessica that they are not funny and why are you back here alone like a couple of losers? So Jessica right. uses a uses a ring to uh, make him think he's got a scorpion going up his leg, and he he ends up running out with his with his trousers off. It's fun stuff. That's basically all the you, issue. You is. enjoyed that more just because he was ginger, didn't you? He kind of looks like you too, Connor. Without a beard. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't though, does he? Other than he's ginger, he doesn't look anything. He like looks him. more like Archie, to be honest. Let's be fair here. He's got he's got an True. Archie look to him, but. Uh, it was just as soon as he started being a dick, I'm like, man, this guy is a dick out of nowhere because there was no build up to it. He just like he just comes in, it's like you two are pathetic. Yeah, and I'm like, of course he's ginger. I should just like Connor. And then yeah, I got some amusement out of that. But that, that was basically the thing, you know. Uh, Simon tries to run away at one point, and Jessica like drags him back. And then yeah, the the core give them shit at the end for like, yeah, it's not just Earth that's in your sector, by the way. Here's another thing you have to go protect. So. Yep. Another and off minute. they go. And off they go. That's 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 pretty much it. But fun banter. Uh, fun. I will say the I didn't like the art in this issue as much as we've had in previous issues of this. Uh, they, they looked a little bit inconsistent with what they've been looking like recently. I think they get away with it a little for this issue because it's mostly you know the the human side of things. It kind of gets yeah. away with being a little bit more cartoonish. Out of costume, yeah. Yeah. Whereas the, the stuff in costume is where it highlights it. I think for me. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's where you see the problems, but it's one of those where if this had been a main issue, you know, like in that, you know, the arc back in time, I'd have a real problem with the arc, but it kind of fit the tone here, I think. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked how Jessica's like, oh, I've been, I've been waiting thousands of years for for these pancakes, and I've even travelled from 10, 000, or 10 million years ago, and I'm only exaggerating one of those. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good little line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's basically a collection of really fun little character moments. That's really what this issue yeah. is. Yeah, uh, and that's that's good fun. So, uh, I mean, I, I did see you know the the next issue, which obviously you know we got new writer there. It says a yeah. uh, job hunt. So it sounds like it's going to continue some of the the low key Earth you know relationship stuff uh, rather yeah. than just being oh yeah. massive space opera stuff. I, I am, I am it gets a little that. tedious, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it's nice spread out because we had you know we went in the space, we had the whole. Uh, yeah time travel arc that was all great fun stuff but now it's nice to come back oh. to earth have some arcs yeah. down here first and then go back out so uh, that's what i missed the most in john's run as much as i love john's run like he, event, he started it with yeah. al you know being a test pilot and there was a love interest uh cowgirl who was yeah, also a pilot. Kind of just vanished didn't she yeah and then it took off to the space opera and i kind of missed that so i thought that this issue was just them dealing with life and if that's where Seely's going to take it because he does that really well in Nightwing, so I think it's in good hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that'll take us on to Nightwing number 30, oh. Tim Seeley writing, uh, Speak of the Devil, uh, and Miguel Medoncha and Diana Egea Egea on art. I'll go with sure. Egea. I'll go with Egea. Uh, so this is the start of a new arc. It's also Tim Seeley's final arc, and I think that's actually quite relevant, because this really feels like it's a culmination. Because this issue... 
brings up the fact that Blockbuster's here. We get, you know, we cut to Blockbuster like he's a regular character. It brings Raptor yep. back. It's called Raptor's Revenge. Raptor's back in Bloodhaven, and the the allies that he's built, you know, this this group of runaways, the they're mad at him. The runoffs. You correct me every time I say it. Well, just... I didn't just say it right in the first place. It means the same thing. But the completely runaways has a different meaning. It's it's already got. It's already a name. It's already used. I just like correcting him. I don't even care. You don't have to tell Connor that. Connor loves correcting him. You don't have to tell him to explain that. That's we're fine. No, it is. It is a culmination of everything. And even the the last arc with Huntress, that's thrown in there. The yeah. stuff with Sean. You know all that, and even yeah. Orca showing back up at Blockbuster. It's, Every it really single is... arc he's had and he's run feels like it's seeding into this final arc where all these pieces that he's put in place Zavaboda is still around like she's she shows up for a scene where he, he tries to get some information out of her um all, all this stuff goes down and it just it feels like yeah everything that's happened so far in this run is culminating in this final arc and that's that's cool it feels like i feel like if you go back and read this if, if there's an omnibus you know years later it'll feel like one big kind of story with parts yeah. to it and that's cool as well, so. as well it should though because i like I like when writers do that when you can look through their entire run and see the the storylines and it's it's and, kind of the right amount of issues for it in that sense as well. It's like okay, yeah. it's just enough arcs that you can plausibly have planned all of this from yeah, the start it, to end. Yeah, it's about what 35, 36 issues by the time we'll be finished. Yeah. yeah. So no, it's pretty cool. It's only six trades if you read down six by you know. And then yeah. so you know this plus the Grayson omnibus will make a really nice pairing as a complete story. Yeah, uh, yeah, so Dick's a complete horn dog because not only is he still making it with Huntress on the fire escape, uh, he then goes down to Zavaboda and Zavaboda, like, ever since she gave him that kiss of life, like back back when, she, she's like, oh yeah, that's been like, messing with my marriage. I didn't even know she was married, yeah. but apparently she's married and it's messing with her marriage because she's it's like, yeah, I need to go because I'm like, if I keep staring at your tight ass, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna be having more thoughts. So I'm I like off. that though. Like she's, I like the cut of her gym. She needs, she needs a, he needs a Gordon. You know, that turn on its head because that's yeah. I mean, that's like blood hate. I just say I love the touch that I'm sure she did this intentionally. That when she went to meet him, she put on a blue shirt with the black jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a that's a good touch. It's a classic mirror. And she brings him there. coffee, which is completely different. Like every because before up until that last arc where she didn't want to believe the two cops were corrupt, and then they kind of like bonded over it. Up until then, she did nothing but give him shit and complained about right. him. And now she's bringing him coffee and she's like flirting with him. It's like, okay, right. So, But even then, it's under the auspices of, you know, I, I can't have you associated with the Bloodhaven Police Department. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just, it's not good, but I'm not going to say no to your help. Like, publicly, I'll say no. But personally, mm. you know, we, we can make things work. Also, and... I, I like how this final arc starts with the, the narration. It's just simply, it's Nightwing talking about the city. And talking about how yeah. the moonlight hits different parts of it, and yeah. it f- feels like it's a, lo- a location. And then he hears the, the police call. He goes, "This senator, who's like you know very controversial, because this this that's felt a bit topical." Uh, so some commentary yeah. here. It, there's exact because he talks about voting for his party's medical bill yeah. that takes takes people's insurance away, but also pads the pockets of. I don't know how these writers come up with these these really fictional ideas. I mean, it's amazing to me. Completely. Sometimes it's a little, though, like, like you know, sarcasm aside, sometimes it's a little on the nose and takes me out of the comic. You yeah, know? I can but, see that. But it gels with Raptor's MO. Like, of course Raptor would be trying to take this dude out from what we've seen early on. Yeah, Ra- Raptor yeah. shows up. He, I, I really like the moment here. Like, after a little bit of banter with Dick and he's fighting him, he actually like, 
grabs a waitress over a balcony to sort of distract yep. Nightwing so he can get away. And it's actually this really cool little action scene of like Nightwing having to die for her. Uh, just just yeah. really simple because yeah. he, he just uses like a grapple gun to just pull her over. It's it's uh, a yeah. quite quite sudden. Uh, but that, he even mentions he goes that's that's something that Raptor normally wouldn't do unless he's feeling desperate. Mm. Like no, not desperate. Like he's trying to make a point. And they even see Raptor going, oh, God, I hate myself for this. Or, or even Raptor's, or Raptor's just worse now than he, he was before. Like, I, he's I just, think it sets up Raptor's even more of a threat. Like, we always got yeah. the idea, okay, he could be a threat. He was definitely vicious and he mm-hmm. was definitely resourceful and skilled. Yeah. But he always he had his own moral code as well. Yeah. And, you know, he could kind of rely on that. Whereas here, that seems to have gone out the window. So Yeah, that just seems to be gone now. Yeah. So, uh, well, first of all, Sean's pick is that they're they're all sitting around and they see it on TV and it's like this said it was vowing to like cut programs like the one they've got. Yeah, it's just like shit. Uh, so when Nightwing goes to them later for help because he tries to go to Svoboda to for help to like try and find out where Raptor is because he knows Raptor's dangerous. Uh, mm-hmm. And she refuses because she can't be seen to be working cooperating with him. So he goes to the runoffs and they're not happy to see him they, they, they just beat him back and he's like okay fine i'll go because what happened with giz yeah you know they yeah. blame him and he's like well no giz actually saved a bunch of people and he was working for me on his own but they don't want to hear that that's their friend yeah you know so and and this is the point where it's really important that you call them the runoffs and not the runaways because when he swings out he tells them to run off to somewhere safe well yeah, that's I, what Dick tells them. I don't, but, know, I don't yeah, know if I tells them to skedaddle. Yeah, which I loved. I don't know if I'd use the word important in that no, sense. No, but it is essential. Yeah. Anyway, so he he does the, the big cliffhires. He actually goes to Blockbuster because Blockbuster wants him out. We see the, the other villains, your Orca and the others, are like pissed at Blockbuster. Why is Nightwing still here? You've you failed that. You failed this city not to. Uh, well, go, and he's giving them cheapo weapons. After trying to blow up a bunch of people, like, sure, yeah, sure. Uh, but they're just like, "What are you doing, man?" Blockbuster, being stronger than Orca, decides to make an example of him, beats the shit out of him. But anyway, so yeah. at the end of the issue, Nightwing shows up to Blockbuster and says, "If you help me find Raptor and deal with them, I'll leave Bloodhaven forever." And maybe he will leave. Yeah. Maybe Sealy's thing yeah, will take us away I, from Bloodhaven. I, I don't know. I hope not, personally, because I think Bloodhaven gives him more an identity. No, I do as well. I, I, I also, I just, I think Humphrey's stuff from the, the cover we've seen looks like it's still in Bloodhaven, so... Uh, so he gets around it somehow. I so feel yeah, like yeah. there's going to be a thing, this is how he deposes Blockbuster as well. Probably. Like he's going to pit yeah. Raptor against Blockbuster, because while they seem to have similar motives, Blockbuster is really more about himself than Raptor even is. You know, because Raptor does have that big grand this is what i stand for and yeah you know whereas blockbuster's is like no nah, i'm just you know yeah i love my city but i need to be rich first so so see where it goes i really hope humphreys keeps on some of the supporting cast just to you know give, give it that more yeah. con- you know uh, consistent feel Svoboda being the main one i think uh, and i like the huntress scene here because a, it shows the type of character she is because she's like no i'm not going to be second to nothing like you know you, you know i'm not just some flying the side and it also shows that it wasn't just a one-time thing it wasn't just this one night stand they had like no no that's i, the, I love that you also you don't see her leave you just see him jump down to talk to swoboda yeah i love the idea that she's just up there watching all this and going hmm they keep my eye on this bitch <laughs> yeah she's just listening and like why are you flirting with dick yeah damn you <laughs> Uh, um, I'm actually kind of I mean I'm not looking forward to it but I, I'm curious if we're going to get some sort of revelation at some point maybe in Birds of Prey I imagine where 
Huntress lets it slip that she's currently having a kind of secret mm. fling with Nightwing. You want, you want to see Babs' reaction is what you want to uh, do, isn't it? Yeah, how does Babs react to that? I'm curious about it. Ah, uh, dear. <laughs> Talking about a summer of lies. <laughs> I, I feel like the porn parody title almost writes itself. You've got a character named Dick in the Birds of Prey. Like, just... It's easy. Yeah. I'm not touching that with the 10-foot pole. Dick will, though. Oh dear. Um, so no, Nightwing was really good this week. I- I'm liking what it's doing with this final arc. It feel- like I say, it feels very, uh, you know, like a culmination of everything that we've had so far. Uh, I like the art as well. I thought the art looked really sleek. Uh, for the most part, I-, I think there's some. You mentioned in one of the other books, some characters looked a bit inconsistent. Hmm. I felt Orca. that here. Yeah, Orca and the scene where you see, you know, Sean sat at the table. Yeah. I think she looks really strange very i don't know just off that's fair that i feel said, like huntress looked great huntress, so. huntress looked good yeah. I, I think nightwing's outfit looked better here than it has done in some of the art recently yeah that's fair i think it's maybe just a shading on it just give it a bit more pop whereas you know it's been very flat maybe in some recent issues uh mm-hmm. but i enjoyed that so no uh well, it feels like it's really building to something, so I'm 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 excited. Uh, so that'll take us on to Deathstroke number twenty-four. Christopher Priest writing, uh, Diogenes Neves on art. Uh, so we had a little bit of uh, follow-up for the whole Willow Claire thing. Claire's been kidnapped. Willow's looking looking for her. She's like murdering her way through people, uh, mm-hmm. through the, the White Lotus to get to get to her. Uh, because obviously the grocer was killed and we find out his son is referred to as the Forgotten. He's the one who doesn't want any part of this and he goes to Deathstroke yep. for a bit of help. Uh, Deathstroke's like, nah, I'm not taking anyone out because I don't do that anymore. But the main chunk of the issue though is Wally West, new Wally West and uh, I was actually a little bit surprised as I was reading this issue that they didn't push this. And yep. obviously it turns out at the end that it was just blanks and it was just Deathstroke testing Wally but when the issue got going and there was a sniper on a roof like firing bullets yeah. into a crowd, I was like, oh dear, this feels like, you know, I don't think they needed to, but I just, I was like, man, I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't, just given, yeah. given the last weekend. But mm-hmm. uh, the issue itself was really good though. Uh, Wally like running up to, to, to stop <laughs> him. Like that, that action stuff was really fun. It was nice to give Wally yeah. a bit of spotlight, but the re- this is probably the funniest issue Deathstroke's had. I was cracking mm-hmm. up constantly because... Wally was recording himself all the time. He's been like being kind of secretive and recording yeah, his conversations. He's a, he's a spy for the Teen Titans on Deathstroke. And Deathstroke, sort of after this takes place, he keeps flipping back between present day and like the past when he's yep. like, playing these recordings. And he keeps playing these really embarrassing recordings. He's talking about how Power Girl's really hot. I mean, he thinks he yep. likes Raven, but Power Girl's really hot. And she's got a good ass. Like he says something like yep. that, and you just see like Power Girl's That's reaction. Really- uh, yeah. It was it was just it was funny stuff, and then you know it, it's like it goes through all the characters like he was with Joseph when he was trying to flirt with this guy who worked in the store, this deaf guy, yep. and uh, uh, with uh, Hope and Terra like fighting over the sword and like all their. That was my favorite thing because those <laughs> two, just they're ready to like legit murder each other. They, they are it was so much fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good fun. Like I, I don't want to say it was a soap opera element because that that's what Titans is for, but like. Them being it, catty and then it turning to, you know, like, no, we're really going to do this. And then Wally just be like, okay, I got to go by and goes out the window. It's funny how you say it, but like, being so cool because Wally even cracks that joke. He's like, oh, I, yeah. I, I was expecting this, but I walked into like a, a real housewives yeah. episode. Yeah, uh, exactly. 
So uh, no, it's, it's playing with that, uh, and then even just like them making fun of each other after they hear a recording, like uh, after after the story about Joseph flirting with the guy, and Power Girl has this weird reaction. She's like, "But he just had a lady fiance," and it yeah. cuts to Terra just making fun of her lady fiance. Oh, you're so innocent. Oh, perfect little innocent. This, this, this was cracking me up. Like things like just you know, Wally sat under the table at the end. Oh yeah, when he's listening to Destro, yeah. listening to them, and he's just sat there peeking out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't expect Deathstroke to be such a sort of light-hearted, funny book, but this this was quite a funny issue. Uh, that played upon all the characters. I, also, I love Deathstroke's drawing on the table. Yep, his drawing on the tablecloth. Yeah, and I, I think because his whole point to to Wally is you're trying to like really define right and wrong, and this this actually helps out the last issue of Flash for me because I wasn't really sure when we read that issue of Flash and Wally's like after I've went through it recently, I've sort of realised that I was I've been too hard on you. This actual issue, assuming it takes place first, which I think it does, uh, it kind of shows how he learned that a little bit more because Deathstroke kind of imparts some wisdom on him. He's like, look, kid, if you keep trying to label things as good and bad and don't understand that there's like, you know, give and take, you're just going to like put yourself into this world of absolutes which will end up leading to like bad. Like, you, you'll end up... Because, right. you know, I kind of did that. I, I was, all oh, this, this is right and this is wrong. I joined the army and yeah. look how I turned out. You know, I, I was four years older than you when I made that decision and look where it led me. So... It was. It's good, yeah. it's, it's good stuff, and uh, all, all the stuff with the bullets. He's like, okay, I've got a choice. I can actually either catch the bullets, which will stop them from hitting anything, or I can take out the gunman. If I take out the gunman, then those bullets will hit their targets. Uh, right. and, you know, so there was some fun action stuff in that sense, and then the all the funny stuff with the characters uh, reacting. Well, and to the, and the physics of him moving at super speed, and like him, him taking one route versus the other mm. will mean one of those bullets has time to hit somebody and now which is why the uh, you know how they have the headings in this book where they have the, yeah. each section's heading I really like the, the title of the first one seven and a half people because it really right. made me go what the hell does that mean and it's oh. later on you find out it's like he can stop seven and a bit <laughs> like, or seven right. maybe eight shots so seven and a half shots have maybe gotten off right. uh, yeah. so there's, there's some nice touches now of course the thing that I've danced around though is the ending uh, yep. because so after he parts all this wisdom on the team Wally specifically uh, and they all give him shit for it and he's really embarrassed because of all, the, all they've all heard all these recordings yep. and what he thinks of them all I, I like when he's leaving the room he, you know he gives the the answer to you know the, the bullets or, or the or the shooter which one do you go for hmm. and it basically boils down to depends on the type of person you are you know hero goes for the bullets if, if you're not the hero and you go and take care of business to, to be fair Wally did try to go for the bullets, but he slipped and took out right. Deathstroke instead because <laughs> he yeah. was on ace. So he, so he says. So he's, I, I, no, I believe. I him. believe it. <laughs> he's a klutz. I believe yeah. it. Uh, so, but he's walking down the, this tunnel out of the, the sort of main area, and then there's an explosion suddenly out of nowhere, and he's like, "Oh, that's right. I forgot I was summoned by the society." And then we get this full page spread of the secret society, um, and some of these members are making me question things a little bit. Because now we have Vandal Savage, we have. Oh, I need to look at it again, Makes actually. Sense. We, got we got Raptor. I got it in front of me. Oh, you got yeah. it. So we got Raptor. Um, but the ones yeah. who are sticking out to me is like, wait a minute. Reverse Flash is there, who right now is Fine. technically dead. Yeah. And, and then Killer Frost, who's. Well, a hero yeah. right now and a Justice yeah. League team. So that was a bit weird. Uh, Hector Hammond. Who Hector Hammond's there. Ages. He's, he's fair enough, though. though. Yeah, because we haven't yeah. seen him, so he's fine. Same with. Because you need a gigantic monkey creature. Of course you do. You know. Who's the other person or someone at the bottom? I'm forgetting. 
And then the dude that uh, Deathstroke cut his arm off, and that's what led to this whole society. Ah, okay, that's right, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so and then got... Black Manta. So... And, and also oh, right. there's the implication that the Riddler's involved, because you know when, when Deathstroke vanishes, when he leaves the room, it leaves just his mask and you know yeah. the, the, the little envelope with the, the question mark on it, green question yeah. mark. So do we think the next couple of issues is going to be the team saving Deathstroke from society? I don't know. This book's so hard to pick with where it's going. Because yeah, I, 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 I'm like, this can't be the society. Like, are, they, no. are they real? Are they, you know, because like you say, there's too many here that, okay, why this doesn't add up. Like, like Reverse Flash, Killer Frost. I'm like, okay, so what's what's going on here? Yeah, those two stick yeah. out, but maybe there'll be a reason. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're not real. Maybe it's like an illusion or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it, it made for a big page at the end because I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. all these characters. Yeah. Uh, big big issue next time as well because it's uh, the yeah. 25. That's right, yeah, because obviously Deathstroke was double... sized Yeah, it was double shipping until whatever issue, and because of that, it's getting to its 25 a lot sooner than a lot of the other single shippers. Well, a little later than all the ones that stayed double. Of course, yeah. Uh, so, But they're doing a big thing for it, and we're getting a super-sized issue. So basically, it's going to be an annual size book or whatever, but yeah. close to yeah. it. Uh, so that'll be fun. That'll be next month. Uh, but no, I, I like this issue a lot. This was a this was a really fun. It's uh, a consistently great book. Yeah, it's really good character piece uh, and surprisingly really funny. So uh, credit credit. My 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 only criticism, honestly, the book right now is that the clear Willow stuff is like there's so little of that in each issue that every time I get to one of those scenes, I'm like, I forget oh, about yeah, it. Well, yeah, it well, feels really disconnected. We had this problem before with the. It was at the time it was the Rose stuff. Right. Where she was off on her own, and yeah. it felt like okay, this is disconnected. But it, it's it came together later. So I, no, it, it did, and I'm sure it'll play into things. It's just right now because it's monthly, and because there's so little of it every month. Like I always like, oh, who's this again? And it takes me a second yeah. to think about it. And but I will say I'm really enjoying the team stuff, and it gives me a lot of hope for Priest on Justice League. It does. He, yep. he nails the team dynamic yeah. here. Flash yep. specifically, like him writing Flash using his powers in a fun way makes me think, oh, he can handle something. I mean, clearly he doesn't like Dick Grayson. We, we saw that quite heavily. But yeah. clearly he does know how to handle at least some of these characters quite well and these types of characters. And, and it's good that Dick Grayson's not on the Justice League then, you know? Yeah, yeah. for now. And, and that's fine. <laughs> if he doesn't like him, he doesn't have to. He can just stay away, which I think is what he wrong. would prefer to do. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. Who doesn't love Dick? Exactly. Like I said, he's wrong, but he, he can just stay away. It's fine. Well, I guess that wraps up Deathstroke. Uh, and we can move on to our last new book of the week, which is Batman White Knight number one. Sean Murphy. Everything. Uh, uh, I have a question. Is oh, this sorry. seven or eight issues? Because all the adverts in the back of the book are saying seven, yet this yeah. is saying one of eight. Uh, that is a good question. I thought it was eight. Uh, see, the thing is, before this week, I thought it was nine. So I have no idea. Well, I mean, to be honest, either one of them, obviously one of them's a misprint. Either one could be the misprint. But I'm just going to assume... That since the adverts were probably done in advance, that that's the misprint and the cover's corrected. But that's just a, yeah. that's just yeah. some speculation. I really don't know. And it wouldn't be the first time they've messed that up. It was supposed to be eight, and they made it seven, or vice versa. Yeah. But so, I, I, I remember when Flashpoint was on. One of the one it was a one shot tie in. Yeah. It was the reverse flash one. It was just a one shot, but it said in the cover one of three, and it wasn't. It was just a one and shot. Then, and people panicked. Yeah. So like, where's yeah. issue two? Yeah. Uh, I was supposed to before we get into the what you said, Sean Murphy on everything. Not strictly too, true. You do have Matt Hollingsworth on the colors, which I think is important mm. to mention because I think he brings a lot, and he's yeah. he's he's a 
long-time collaborator with Sean Murphy anyway. Uh, so. That's fair. I, I don't typically specify the colorist, though, which is I, why... I, I don't use either, but this one on the cover does say Sean Murphy with Matt Hollingsworth. That's fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so... That said, it reminded me of American Vampire and the best way possible. Oh, it does. So... It looks like American Vampire in a lot of ways. In fact, uh, that opening page with the Batmobile arriving at Arkham is like just like... Yep. I was like, you know I... what? No matter what this issue does from this point on, I'm in the art. I'm in it. <laughs> where where is Skinner Sweet? I've not read much American Vampire, uh-huh. and because to me, I go, I went to The Wake, which is obviously another Snyder book, but that oh. was Sean Murphy and Matt Holzer. Yeah, I mean the the fact that The Wake is dark but not as dark. And when I say dark, I don't mean thematic. I mean the art. Yeah. Like this though feels like like my favorite American Vampire story is Survival of the Fittest, which it involved Nazi vampires and like an Indiana Jones like hero. And it was all done by Murphy. Loved it. Yeah, of course. Well, and it's in a in a Nazi castle. So like, there's a lot like here. So like, when you open this page and it's Arkham Asylum and it looks like this gothic, yeah, you know, it just it hit and I was like, okay, you, well, do you what the darkness of the art here does? What what it makes me feel? It makes me feel like if this was like a movie, it's directed mm-hmm. by David Fincher, a la Seven. That's what the city feels yeah. like. That's what it feels like because of this art and the style that it's using. Uh, we start we start in what I guess is present day, and Batman's the one. Ch- it's actually the Joker. It's Jack Napier who's arrived in the, the Batmobile, yeah. and he comes in. He's like Batman, need your help. Almost Hannibal Lecter style. Like Batman's the one behind bars, and he's the one behind for help. He's chained. He's chained in the costume without the cape, which that's interesting because hmm. you always get that Arkham Asylum where they keep them in their costume for whatever yeah. reason. It's it's you a know? really unsettling image without the cape. Yeah, because it kind of it, yeah. it's just he's still there. He's still Batman, recognizable, but he's not quite right. Mm. He's not our Batman. He's, he? Exactly, he's not our Batman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we cut back. It was a year year previously. Yeah, one year ago. And yeah. we have Joker skating throughout the city, causing chaos. Batman's in the Batmobile with Barbara. Funnily enough, uh, also in the Batmobile. Yep. And chasing behind him, and basically throughout this whole chase. Uh, Batman keeps it keeps showing us that he's reckless. Barbara even keeps saying, "We shouldn't be doing that. Should we go on that yeah. roof? That might actually start, uh, like you know, destroying homes and stuff." Like, and he's just not listening. He's just he's yeah, he's just... not listening at all. Mm. Uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah, that's the noise. <clears throat> that's that's exactly the noise. Uh, yeah. And he just keeps chasing it to the point where Dick eventually shows up on a, on a motorbike. He's you know he's Nightwing. He's got, got a different costume. He's got like a sort of jacket thing on, and he he mm. shows up to save some like construction workers that Batman basically yeah. knocks out of the way and almost kills. And they're, he's basically clearing up Batman's mess, and he, he, like Dick's like Barbara, why don't you try and stop? He's like, I'm trying to, but he's not listening. Like this is yeah. yeah. And she makes a point of saying, no, he's getting worse. Mm. Like he's getting yeah. more out well, of control as this goes on. Because I'm always like, that's why I left. Like, I <laughs> he goes, do what I did, leave. Yeah, leave. Mm. And so it, it right there it automatically sets up the relationship of this Batman with his sidekicks. Like we can assume like. Batgirl's basically his Robin at this point. Like seems like it. Yeah. yeah. So and they're running around and she's completely in over her head and he nails the expressions on her face. Like her riding shotgun in the Batmobile, just she looks terrified. Yeah. So, and, but there's complex stuff here as well because they clearly still care about each other. Because later on, yeah. after the events of what we're going to talk about, uh, they they show up to, to one of his places in the city. It's like, what the hell? Bruce, why, why did you do what you did? And he takes them down to the secret sort of entrance, which, as the joke, but is there any building you own that doesn't have a secret entrance to somewhere? Yeah. And we find out Alfred's dying. 
and they, it's like for a moment they all forget what they're fighting about and they just like you know Bar- Barbara hugs Bruce and it's this sweet little moment it's like okay if you're going to give me a, an Elseworld where Batman turns to the, the sort of the evil side of things yeah, yeah Alfred dying is maybe one of the things I'd accept as a cause as one of the one of the cattle yeah, kind we've of already seen his... it in one of them yeah you know true yeah. true uh, Alfred is kind of his his rock. He's yeah. his 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 standpoint. Bad last thirty days for Alfred. <laughs> it really is. Stories. Yeah, like I mean, I na- I named last week's episode a bad week for Alfred Pennyworth because he died in two yeah. issues last week. Now, don't worry, yeah. that's not really super spoilery because it's not in continuity stuff. But no, uh, but now this again, he's dying here. Like man, Alfred's having a bad month. But yeah, so so you get why he's so gruff, but it still goes into the problem, of Batman, because. When we see what he did, you know, he chases Joker into this factory, like that that's been abandoned, full of like pharmaceuticals, experimental just, pharmaceuticals, experimental, and just beats the mess out of him while there's video cameras on. So yeah, like, there's uh, no. You know, Gordon comes in, Babs and Dick come in, and there's like onlookers with like you say video cameras and phones and stuff, and Joker's like, look, you, you I've seen it, you've gone too far, and that kind of thing, yeah. and like. I'm going to prove that all, all you've done is made this your war zone. You're actually making the city worse. Yep. The biggest enemy of Gotham City is Batman. And if I can get better with these drugs, I'll prove that you're the, the biggest problem here. And yep. Batman grabs the pills like, well, fine then. And he just starts pouring pills into his mouth. Yep. And it's like super, super like, you know, vicious and like violent. This, this is the point where I was kind of sold on the book because I remember... You know, when it was announced, I was like, okay, I'm in it because it's, uh, you know, I'm going to love the art regardless. Yeah. But I was a bit skeptical about, okay, Joker's the good guy, Batman's the bad Okay, where's this going? But seeing this, the setup for it has completely justified it. Do, do you know, I, I actually think that by the end of the story, Batman won't be a villain anymore. I, I think there's going to no. be growth by the end I of the story. I, as much as I want to say, like, yeah, Batman's a villain, you know, <laughs> he's the bad guy, right? Because of my, my obvious biases. I don't think it's that simple because the fact that they gave Jack Napier a name, he's not the Joker anymore. He's actually identifiable. Like Gordon knows who he was before. Of course, the the name that they have is taken from the the first Batman movie. They they, they actually had to get approval to do that. Right. And so the fact that he's an actual person and not just, you know, the Joker that is kind of this amorphous he can be anywhere at any time yeah he's, kind of not, he's not a force of nature anymore he's a person yeah. no and of course he's an actual person gordon yeah. like you know isn't cool with what batman's doing anymore either he's he's starting to struggle mm-hmm. with it we, we get those uh almost uh, dark knight returns s like news radio like debate yeah. show thing where yeah. like, there's this guy arguing that, oh we, should, we need batman all these sjw's talking about how he's getting too violent and they have that, that line and this was like, yeah, but he's getting too violent. This is too much. Like the fact that there's a, you know, because the mayor's like telling Gordon, like the fact that you even let a vigilante exist says that the police is still yeah. corrupt. No matter how much good you have done, right. this is this is wrong. It's it's kind of almost this meta. Yeah, in the real life, we can never actually let a vigilante exist like this. It's no. still illegal, uh, mm-hmm. and it's kind of pointing that out. So, but when Gordon finds out, like, oh yeah, by the way, Joker's cured. Those pills, whatever is in them, whatever he he's completely fine, and he's mm-hmm. like, no, he can't be. He's faking. He's the Joker. And part of me even even expects that he, he is faking at some point. Maybe we'll find that out eventually yeah. that he is. This yeah. is all some big giant yeah, joke. This is you know if he can go like two years convincing the city he's actually this great person, and then maybe he'll you know flip the switch later. I don't know. Uh, 
But it's like, no, he he's in like the public records right now, researching so he can like sue the, <laughs> the Gotham City Police Department for letting Batman do what he did. Uh, so so Gordon's like, okay, I'm going to go and talk to him. Let's talk to Mister Napier. And the big conclusion to the issue is Joker stands up and says, "Look, I need to pay a debt to the city for what the Joker's done, and I'm going to prove that Batman's the problem." So, uh, you know. Joker's not right for mm-hmm. the city. Niles the Dark Knight, so I'm going to be the White Knight, and that's the so you know it's obviously this climatic moment because that's that's what the title of the book is. But yeah, uh, God, the art on that page, the shadows, so good. Again, Again that's what I mean about the darkness of it. Fincher like, yeah. Seven, Fincher Seven. Yeah. That's all I can feel when I'm I'm reading this. It is. Oh. But it's so good, isn't it? Yep, it is. So I, again, I was, clearly we're all into yeah. this, and we're going to be talking about this again next month because we're all. Kind of I, I was a little at first. I was just like, mm, I don't know, but I'm definitely in, just because it seems to be shades of gray. Even though it's called White yeah. Knight, and and I don't in my heart believe Batman is a bad guy. I just when when the Joker keeps doing stuff, and so basically like when someone's annoying you and you just keep putting it off and putting it off, and then finally you just snap. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe if that's just me, I feel like Batman just he he reaches break point and it's just like I'm I'm over it, Joker. You're it- done. And I think, yeah, like, I think before this came out, I was worried it was just going to be, no, Batman's evil. And this definitely yeah. feels like, no, it's not just that he's, he's just an evil, maniacal bastard. He, he, there's, there is, like, growth he, here. There's something going bit, on. Batman feels like he's at the point of, you know, after, after Jason Todd died, and it was only before mm. Tim came in, he was getting worse, he was out of control. It seems yeah. like the same thing's happening here, but because he's losing Alfred. And, yeah, and that's yeah. all it is. He's just, he's kind of, he's yeah. lost that anchor. So, yeah. After after this first issue, I'm like, yeah, I can see the ending of this story being that no, it isn't just White Knight and Black Knight. There are shades of grey, and uh, yeah. Batman has a darkness to him, and like, yeah, you know, I can see there being a growth for him, and I can see the maybe the Joker has growth. And by the way, I love the pages of him and his cell, and it's all this, but all these Batman posters. And there's there's some cool little Easter yeah. eggs. There's like you see the the Batman animated series, like sort of main cover poster as a poster. Yeah. You see like a photo from the Batman movie of I'm holding the Joker, you know, Batman mm-hmm. Joker yeah. when they're sort of like close. Uh, and there's toys and stuff, and like so. There's, there's that Sean Murphy Batman statue, like the art of the black and white. Oh uh, yeah, down yeah. at the bottom. Like yeah, it's, it's fun to go through. There's there there like a, a few things like that in in the issue. Like uh, a bit later on, you know, the the mayor, the mayor's office really felt like out of the the '60s show. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can see that. So no, uh, so definitely we'll be looking at more of this uh, coming up. Uh, it's funny because obviously we all like Sean Murphy, so we're hoping for the best and. But none of us were really sold on the idea of the story, I don't think. And then now that we've read it, it's like, okay. I think it, it justified it, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, it justified well, it as what it is, rather than what I thought it would be, which is just this clear, oh, he's just an evil guy. For yeah, because that's kind of what we were being told when you know yeah. when we were hearing about Batman's the villain. And it's like, okay, sure. But here, it's it's not that at all, is it, really? Yeah, so... If you want to check out his other work, which was Punk Rock Jesus, that he did by himself. I've had that on Comixology for about yeah. two and a half years, <laughs> and I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I kind of want—I want to see it now. Yeah, so. that was—that was the other thing. Before this, I actually didn't know what what his writing was like. Like for all I knew, I might yeah. hate how he writes. Well, it's the yeah. thing I'd, I'd heard a lot of good things about that, so I was yeah. confident in his abilities still. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I. I Took a drink at a really awkward moment there. Uh, so yeah, you did. Uh, so that's all the books for this week. But of course, we have Connor to do one last little thing. Oh, shit, forgot about this. Before we wrap up, he is owed uh, a red hood for the month of September. 
uh, because he, he sort of missed last week, uh, not, not unexpectedly, he had to skip the, the week, so... This is going to be Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 10, Scott Lobdell and Dexter Soy. Uh, so keep in mind he's got another one to do this month later on, probably week four, because he'll want to push it back as much as he can. But here he is. So, Connor, what what was Red Hood and the Outlaws issue 10 like? It was two-thirds shite. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one-third that wasn't shite? This is the most fascinating part. Bizarro. Bizarro. Exactly. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no. Bizarro stuff <clears throat> remains strangely good. I don't know why Lobdell can manage to write Bizarro with an actual moral concept. Because he's a backwards writer, Connor. It's right there. Actually, actually, Joe, this actually kind of makes makes kind of a, a weird sense in a way. Bizarro's like the whole point of Bizarro is that things are opposite. So it makes sense that when he's really bad at everything else, he's really good at writing Bizarro because it's, it's the opposite. It is a beautiful irony, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. But. Uh, Shall I, I'll start with the, the Bizarro stuff, I guess, seeing as that's the good stuff. So, it's, you know, I think I mentioned last issue, it was a while ago now, obviously, because I skipped that one bit of time. Uh, but he was rescuing the village. They're in a Kandak or Kurak or something, I think, Kurak? Yeah, Kurak. And uh, he's, he's rescuing the, the villagers from, you know, evil military government, you know, doing strikes on his own people, all that. And um, but he's he's just taking them out. He's escorting them, going, "Oh, I'll find like Red Hood. He'll he'll be able to help. He'll know where where to put you." Because obviously, as good as he is, he doesn't actually know what to do. He just wants right. to keep them safe. So he goes, he he, he escorts them, and then you know, get a big, a big uh, military helicopter come after them, and he just takes it out. And it gets to a point where he's like, "Well, there's a mountain in the way. Well, then I'll move it." And you just see him pounding and pummeling this mountain. And just going through it just to clear a path, and it's uh it's pretty cool because obviously uh, again, great art. Dexter Soy is a really good artist, so you have this image and it it, it pays off because it really looks good. Mm. You can polish a turd. That's the, that's the message here. You can, <clears throat> you really can when when you have a good artist on it. Which I say every time. How does Lobdell get such good artists? Every, every issue is a good artist. He's got dirt on someone. I'm sure of it. They must do. Like it, it annoys me because I'd love to see Dexter Soy somewhere else with someone else. You know, with a good writer. Like I, I don't know if you guys have seen much of his work because uh, so yeah, he's, he's popped out here or there. Um, now that Dan Dedio's got like a like a pig fetish or something, and Lobdell's got got the got the proof. So he must do. So he's getting all these good artists as a result. That's why he's still working for DC. That's why he's still got a job. Yeah. Less than he used to, though. It's only, it's only one true. book now. That's true. Thankfully. There was yeah, a time he wrote Superboy and Teen Titans for me. He's, 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 cool. too, he's too busy writing horror movies because he's got a movie coming out soon. Oh, you don't when, understand when, how that? that much that bothered me. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, this is, this is quite funny because Matt, Matt said just randomly during the week, you know, talking as we do, he says, oh, I'm, go- I'm going to go see Happy Death Day. Because it's October, there's a horror movie coming out. It looks kind of fun, and I'm like, do you know who wrote the script for that movie, Matt? <laughs> and it's the, it's the perfect little twist because why would he assume that a comic book writer he doesn't like wrote a movie? Because as far as I mean, I've never known him to write movies before. Maybe he has, but certainly didn't know about it. And I'm like, Scott Lobdell wrote the movie. Are you still got to see it? Maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> you you covering that on on screens, Pete? 
Yes, yeah, me and Tim will be seeing it and talking about yeah. it uh, uh, during the month. A little bit of satisfaction on my part, then, that you have to at least put yourself through some Lobdell works alone. Yeah, but he only wrote it. He hasn't directed that, it. That's so. what I mean. At least at least for you, it gets filtered through someone yeah, else. B- besides, I mean, for all we know, he's maybe he's a really good movie writer. Maybe, maybe like... <laughs> You know, maybe maybe when he's not working with these characters that we know and he's just doing his original thing, maybe he's actually not that bad. Stop trying to talk Anyways. yourself into it. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's basically a horror movie Groundhog Day by the sounds of it, so that should be fun, in theory. So what else happened in Red Hood, Connor? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'll do our Mrs. stuff, I guess. It's shit. It's basically... Her reuniting with her people. It's like, oh, you're all here. Oh, the building's all rebuilt. Oh, you're back from the dead, one that I killed, because I thought you were evil. That was convenient. It was convenient, wasn't it? it they, they basically explain it away with the, the whole Bo Ra thing where the, dicta- the current dictator of this country found the bow and wanted to use it because it was powerful, but it needed, you know, the, the wielder. To, to use it like hey it was like keyed to a specific person at any one time you know one of the this 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 clan and obviously it was the one that she killed so he took some of her dna and used the dna to activate the bow but when the bow came back to life so did she and so she's she's back my favorite part of uh, the red hood section is just watching matt's face as connor describes the plot <laughs> just, just try to comprehend how much go- I just goes on. I just, it's my favorite part of it. The whole Do thing. You know what is actually I really hate about this issue particularly. Everything is that they're all split up, so there's nothing to dilute the awful section. Right. Okay. So it's just like so the bizarre bit is good because it's on its own; it's not connected to anything else. But then the other two, it's just no. This is just what it is. Yeah, that that's that's a lot. the other two are separate as well. So I mean, this is the worst part. I think the Jason stuff's the middle. What it's not, it's not good. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's better than this. But like the Bizarro stuff's good. But when they're all together, Bizarro kind of he lifts them all up a bit because he's there. He's interacting with them. Whereas here, it's like, well, he's not. He's not making it better for any other. He's maybe in about six or seven pages of the issue, and those six or seven pages are good, but. He's not there to, to improve anywhere else. It's a real problem. All right, go on. What's the, what's the Jason section like then? Okay, so the Jason section, uh, it's still all going on in his head. You know, I mentioned last time he's, he's in that building where Joker killed him. Mm. And he's seeing himself as Robin. And he's seeing the Joker. And he's, like, he's seeing the whole thing. He's like, but, but he's interacting with him. He's fighting back. He he shoots Joker through the chest. He's like, no, I'm I'm better than this now. And it's the sort of at its core, the ideas are okay. It's the idea that he's better than what he was then. He's not just some angry kid, although he kind of is because that's what he does. But it's it, this is the thing. It's not justified, but it it should be decent because. Johnny, you know, that should be a good thing. Like, okay, there, he has had growth. He is better than what he was, but at no point in the last four years have I actually seen him be better than what he was. So this is fascinating, but I just got breaking news. Oh, oh go ahead, interrupt. Don't, don't do shit. <laughs> no, just one, one of our one of our loyal viewers uh, tweeted at both me and Matt. There, apparently, James Tenney in the fourth uh, mentioned a certain person at, at the New York Comic Con panel. 
Pete, if this is a troll, I'm going to walk out right now. <laughs> so a person I swear. <laughs> I swear. You, you mentioned a person. Um, I'm not going to say it out loud who it is, but... Matt's going to his Twitter right now. And I'm gonna <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not, because I need to start wrapping up, guys. I got to go. Uh, <laughs> Matt, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to give him the win, because he's, 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 he's upset there. He's sitting there. You know, he's listening to this Red Hood nonsense. He's upset. Uh-huh. He did, in fact, mention. I can't even bring myself. Hit the button, to say it. damn it! Okay, I'll hit the button. That's the wrong button. That's 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 button. Yeah. That's, that's your button. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a certain uh, figment of Matt's imagination. Apparently, has been he's, oh, he's willed oh. it to existence because he's mentioned that's Connor great. Kent that's at great. a panel. Connor you Kent. Know what? Tomorrow's tomorrow's my birthday, so this is perfect. Like happy oh. birthday. Oh, yes, happy birthday, me. Matt. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Alright, let's wrap up Redhead so we can do best stuff and I can get out of here. Uh, there you go. Jason, it, it turns out Jason had a concussion. It was all in his head. Of and he holds he does. A, he, and he was being tortured by that dictator a... dude and he holds a gun to him. End of issue. It's all bullshit. <laughs> he's a concussion. Yeah. Just behind the curtain here, the reason why Matt said he needs to go is because he's been dragged to a baby shower right after we finish recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell he's excited. He's thrilled by it. <laughs> Alright, so is that Red Hood? Uh, final that final is, comment? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Alright, so join us uh, probably week four, because weeks two and three are a bit busier, so week four for the, the this month's Red Hood issue. Which, of course, happens because one of our patrons pays for the Connor's Corner tier, which is uh, he gets to force Connor to read an issue of something once per month, and he picks Red Hood because he knows it punishes Connor, so so uh, that's good fun. <laughs> I love that he knows that it punishes Connor. That yeah. kills me. Yeah, so uh, so that's all the books this week then. So as Matt hinted at, we're going to go into the best stuff of the week. So we pick our best cover, best art, best panel, and of course do our top five books of the week. So we start with best panel. So I'm going to go to Matt first. What's your best panel of the week? Yep. So so mine is going to come from White Knight. Um, I can't decide which one. I really like that last page of him in the darkness. But I also love the page that's basically Joker's like... You know in a movie where you'll get the... Yeah, I bet you're wondering how I got to this point. Mm-hmm. In a phrase frame. It's kind of that. It's like the Joker's greatest hits. And there's a really cool image on there where... Where one of the buildings in Gotham looks like Batman's silhouette. But yeah. there's like a bleeding heart on we it. We never actually mentioned like, that page. I just want to point out, uh, when it gets to that page, like... Gordon's like they're talking about the Joker, and then he says, yeah. "But he's not the one I'm worried about." And I, I like that because it's like you really get the sense that the Batman's is the one who's kind of starting to get dangerous. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that actually that merges into you know the Joker sitting in his cell with all the yeah. the Batman yeah. memorabilia so, as well. well. Because of all that, then that that is my panel of the, the Joker. And Har- know, Harley's on that page, page. because we, otherwise, in the, yeah. from the other than that page, we don't see Harley this issue, but she's there. No. We know she comes into it, so yeah, mm. uh, that's, that's fascinating. Uh, Connor, panel yeah. of the week. Uh, I'm gonna go the one from Green Arrow where fate appears, just oh, okay. to 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 you know the big bright light. It's a great image. I'm actually also gonna go with White Knight. Uh, I'm going with the opening page. Very rarely do I pick okay. an opening page, but just that full page. It looks spread. great though. The the, the Arkham, the the Batmobile coming into it. it. Just it feels like this is the start of a story. Here's your scene setting, and mm. you know it's just it reminds me actually the start of a. Uh, Killing joke almost with the the Batmobile coming mm-hmm. to Arkham. It, it also it reminds me of the opening the the Arkham Asylum game. Oh yeah, a little bit. You know, yeah, where you drive up to the the the, but the it's flipped. big manor. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so no, uh, that would that would be it. So cover of the week. Uh, I think I'll go first for cover of the week, and 
Yeah, I'm probably going to go with White Knight as well, even though there's some competition here, because Green Arrow's really good, Batman's really good, of course, uh, but I think I have to go with White Knight for the Murphy art, and just the, the, the that Joker face at the bottom under the title specifically uh, is especially creepy, so that's my pick. Uh, Connor? Yeah, White Knight. Cool, Matt? Oh, find it up, White Knight. There you go. Especially I like the way the Harley looks there, so it looks in just the red dress and the, the white gloves that go up. Is the other glove black, it? though? That's the important part. Does she have one yeah. black glove, one white glove? Cool. I, I just like how Batman's actually so small on the image yeah. overall. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm really curious to see how Harley, like, what she's like and how, like, you know, good Joker, like, brings her to his side and, like, how that goes yeah. and so on. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so best art of the week. Uh, <laughs> I'll be shocked. Is, 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 is it White Knight? Can we just... Around that, yeah. is, it, is it White Knight for White, everyone? White Knight. Yeah, it has yeah, to be. Yeah. Well, Janin has a chance. Had a chance, like uh, yeah, I'd say on a normal week, we're going hmm, Janin, Ferreira, Vanskyver, but 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 no. Yeah, ja- Janin had the week one for me, but I'd read that before White Knight, and then once I read White Knight, yeah. it, it was this fight. So I I have to go with White Knight, but I, I don't want to discount the fact that Janin did some fantastic stuff in that Batman issue. Yep. Yeah. Or, uh, or even Van Skyver in that the, where I didn't like the story yeah. in Don Baker, you know, mm. there's some cool stuff there too. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's yeah. fair. Uh, so that takes like our top five books of the week. So mm. I'm going to go with Matt first. So number one, White Knight. Number two, Ooh. Batman. Number three, oh man, this is where he gets real bad. Green Arrow. Four, Deathstroke, and five, yeah, Green Lanterns. Just put oh no Nightwing. We'll go Nightwing over Green Lanterns. No Superman, and that pains me, but that's what it doesn't you deserve it, does it? Hey Tomasi's oh. back next issue, Matt, so Thank you. Good. Uh so it's just as long as it's not another road trip issue, we're we're good. Yeah. Uh Connor, top five. Uh Batman, White Knight, Nightwing. Oh just to clarify, was that Batman at number one, then White Knight yeah, at number yeah. two? Batman, yeah, Batman, right. then White Knight, yeah. Uh, then Nightwing. Deathstroke, Green Arrow. Cool. Uh, I'm also going to put Batman at number one. Um, I'm going to put White Knight at number two. And then I will put... I think I'll put... Deathstroke at number three, Nightwing at number four, and then Green Arrow at number five. Tight week. Very tight week. Uh, Good stuff. I'm happy that week one's a little bit more to it now with White Knight being added in because it felt really quiet before but now it feels like more of a, a proper week because before it was like we had six books five of them get into the top five and then there was just that one straggler uh, underneath yeah but a bit more weight to it now which is nice so that is the that is this week's top fives uh, so uh, all my plugs then that's all it's, oh I actually tell you what's coming next week I did that before the plugs so what is coming next week we have Dark Knight's Metal number three big thing uh we have action comics 989 detective comics 966 so those two are the next parts of the oz effect and lonely place of living so also big deals uh flash 32 wonder woman 32 new superman 16 supergirl 14 uh we also have mr miracle number three ragman issue one is out we may or may not cover that depending i'll I'll probably try it we'll probably check in on it um now i did mention last time there might be a few books cut from next week now typically we'd have also done superwoman uh background the birds of prey and hal jordan the green lantern core uh we'll probably still be reading those we'll see 
what the what the lineup's like next week and decide what's actually sure. making the show. But uh, those are coming out. Also coming out, but we're definitely not covering Justice League of America 16, Red Hood and the Outlaws 15, although I'll give Connor a few months uh, to <laughs> get to it, uh, and Suicide Squad 27. So, you know, week two, as always, quite me. Um, but yeah, so that has been episode 72 of Comics from the Multiverse. Oh getting up there on the numbers so let us know what you thought of the books in the comments below or on twitter at dc comics podcast uh of course rate is on itunes and all that stuff as well helps out if you want to support us you can have it at patreon.com slash tv uh one dollar tier doesn't really have anything comic specific but the five dollar tier you get your monthly bonus episode for me and connor on a trade or graphic novel uh, we're doing long halloween later this month uh, so you can look forward to that. We've already got the first two episodes up. Uh, you get to vote on the week five uh, trades or graphic novels that we do in the main show. Uh, there'll be one of those in November, of course. Uh, and you get that warm, fuzzy feeling of just helping us out and uh, making the books just a little bit cheaper to keep up with all these extra things. So, uh, yeah. So you can do that. And otherwise, that's us. Have I forgot to plug anything? Anything else I should be plugging? Sounds good to me. Like I'm trying to find the details on Connor Kent now. So, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I guess you, you mentioned the Facebook group earlier. If you want to come and join yeah. in the discussion, you know, weekly uh, on on Wednesdays, Thursdays, as it, as it happens, instead of waiting till the weekend, Malfuz is it just Malfuz on Facebook. Yeah, just search Malfuz on Facebook, and you'll you find the group. You'll yeah, find us. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's 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 a good point. Uh, I, I did mention it's uh, October, of course. I'll just I'll pimp out the horror movie show Screams After Midnight. Me and Tim yeah. are doing a lot of extra episodes because it is October. We're pumping them out. We've already done five already, and it's like wow. the, what seventh of October. <laughs> so it's the seventh of October uh, as we record. So yes. wow, you guys are insane. Yeah. We, Although I had to jump on you on on horror movie count, and then Wednesday hit and. Between comics and my shows returning, I've not yeah. had time to watch yeah. T- watch anything. So. TV's starting to spin up as well, so that's going to hamper my horror movie in a little bit, but uh, yeah. we're doing the best. So, yeah, uh, you can access those on obviously our YouTube channel, Mailfuzz TV, but there's also an audio feed now. If you search Mailfuzz TV on your, your iTunes, your podcast app, you should find all the other stuff we have up as well. I would say, I don't think we've mentioned it on this show. Obviously, the DC TV stuff comes back next week. That's and right. We did usually cover them, you know, episode by episode as they came out that night or the next day. But this year it's a little different. It's we're a lot more like it. this show, yeah, in fact. Like it's... this. We're going to wait till the end of the week and then kind of review it all as a more of a, a typical I'm, I'm going to miss format. the stories of, of Arrow Drunk Connor. So... Yeah, that unfortunately has come to an oh, end. That's... But uh, it's going to be called Television for that... the Multiverse. So, there you go. Obvious title. That, I mean. Is there truth to the fact that his doctor said he had to stop doing it because it was bad for his liver? <laughs> what liver? <laughs> yeah, what liver? That's a good, that's a good, good response. Give it a few years for it to regrow and I'll be back on form. Cool. All right, so plug things out of the way. Uh, that, that is us. So thank you once again for watching and our listening. We really do always appreciate it. Uh, and everyone who does like talk to us on Twitter or in the comments or whatever, we do all, all, always enjoy it. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, keep watching or listening. Uh, I don't usually say that. Keep reading DC Comics, guys. Oh. We always appreciate it. Uh, thanks. I'm, I'm saying things out of order now. I'm going whack if I have too much Red Bull. Uh, always remember, never That's get lost. Always remember, never get lost in the Speed Force. Connor Kent, coming back. <laughs> <laughs>